0: hunker stratford is the most popular girl at padua high
1: you're asking me out
0: i'm down i've got the 411 and you are not
2: going out and getting jiggy with some boy i don't care how dope his ride is
0: her sister Kat,
3: is something else entirely people perceive you as somewhat tempestuous (laughs) heinous witch is the term used most often the only thing they
0: have in common
2: i am the only girl in school who's not dating oh no
0: you're not your sister doesn't date is one
4: simple rule okay you can date she does.
1: But she's a mutant. What if she never dates?
4: You'll never date. Oh, I like that. For Cameron, no one
0: will go out with her.
1: It's a problem. And
0: what about him? I heard he ate a live
1: duck once. So you two are gonna help me tame the wild beast? Absolutely.
0: Touchstone Pictures presents a story for every guy who's ever tried.
1: You never give up, do you? Was that a yes? No. Well, then was
0: that a no? No. Every girl who's ever hoped... This is not good. And anyone who's ever been taken completely by surprise. She kissed me. Where? In the car. 10 Things I Hate About You.
3: I was gifted my first song in college because my friend was annoyed with the fact that I always had visible panty lines, so some of us are slow on the uptake.
2: two recap and gown a podcast with four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back representing the class of 03 i am your co-host crooks joining me this week and every week he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish the class of 04's own big hern david oscar hernandez what up dave hey bud we're on a bit
4: of a roll right now a lot of good movies that we've been watching yeah. this one i really enjoyed never seen it before i looked on rotten tomatoes actually funny it's got a 69 percent rating of course <laughs> yeah. it is there you go <laughs> all right that
2: checks out super super mature so hey, you're, you're a grown-ass man dave let's do this <laughs> Also, joining us in the class of 03, she is one half of our very own Texas Two-Step, the one and only big sis, Megan Mills. What up, Megan?
1: Hey, guys. Um, feeling good today. It's super hot in Texas, so um, 104, I think. It's 107 on Monday, though, so it's like... Kind
2: of <laughs> That's too many. Yeah. Um, yeah, it
1: anyway, um, it's, it's been good to stay inside, watch some movies, and excited to talk about this.
2: Yeah, Same. Uh, rounding out the two-step this podcast chief cycling and trivia correspondent from the class of 01 dana griffin what up dana
3: hello i um, excited to talk about this one um i think as i plugged it last time it's a julia styles redemption episode so really i'm really excited
2: we have turned her into some kind of a, a horrifying mascot of this podcast <laughs> and this is like a legit comeback story for our girl This is. Tonight, we spell redemption, J-U-L-I-A. Let it go. Uh, Yeah, I'm very happy for her. Um, Our special guest this week is my oldest and dearest friend. We met the first day of sixth grade, Unlike any great WWF tag team, we were nemeses for a little bit before putting our differences aside and going on one hell of a run. Uh, He lived with Dave and I in Chicago. He's been my on and off creative partner for all kinds of graphic novels and at least one teleplay that I still think would be huge if we ever finished right in that first season. Uh, currently best known as Leo's dad, he is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, Bobby Clawson. What up, Bob? Hello.
0: How are, uh, I'm, I'm good. How are you guys?
2: Oh my God, you're from my <laughs> oh my God. I gave yeah. you the whole Bret Hart yeah. info. and you showed up like he Jim Neander right?
0: You no, know, it's very good to be here. Um, happy to join um, and I'm glad to keep representing Niqua Valley uh, on this podcast, class of 03.
2: Yeah. Niqua Valley, uh, Gregory Middle School, even. You go yep, way back yep. to the pioneer days. Home economics class. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's. we, we always make fun. Um, we got into a fight the first day that we met. Bobby threw. I think my folder under an oven, and so that I threw his ruler under the oven retribution, or vice versa, something like that. But the ruler that shit's probably still under the oven. Yeah, the ruler came first. Yeah, 1996, still <laughs> under that oven, probably bursting the flame and covered in grease at this point. But without kind of dragging this out as long as we could, because it's gone for hours. Uh, Dana, what movie are we talking about this week?
3: We are talking about the nineteen ninety-nine classic Ten Things I Hate About You. I'm mm-hmm. very excited about this. Um, we can watch this movie on Disney Plus. Part of the reason why so, I bought <laughs> yeah, part of the reason why I bought Disney Plus was hey, I can watch the movie that I need to watch for the podcast and Hamilton's on there. You know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Part B yeah. is oh, yeah. the
3: um... Hamilton of it all. But Reason number one, 10 things I hate about you.
2: We will do a Hamilton standalone side podcast at some point, because Bobby's also a fanatic on that as well. So. Oh, yeah. Now
0: that I can afford
2: to see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could never before, so this is... We've both been binging that. Uh, Cam is a big fan of all of uh, the King George songs, so my son loves the King George songs, and is probably going to become a big Queen fan as a result. Or a, uh, or a dictator. Yeah. And well, who, I mean, if he's lucky... You know, if he's overachiever, I'll, I'll support him in that. I'll be Papa Doc, Diz, Baby Doc. Apologize to all of our Haitian listeners. Um, Dana, if you want to give us a quick synopsis here, what is this movie about?
3: Well, uh, so via our favorite source, Rotten Tomatoes, um, mm-hmm. this movie is about popular pretty Bianca Stratford, played by Larissa Olnick. I think I should say it. It's in a dilemma. There's a family rule that forbids her from dating until her unpopular, rebellious, boy-hating older sister, Kat, played by Julia Stiles, gets a suitor of her own. <laughs> no, it's kind of harsh. Um, in an attempt to win Bianca, a potential boyfriend, Andrew Keegan, desperately attempts to set up Kat with Patrick Verona, played by Heath Ledger, another rebel whom may just be able to win Kat's heart. Um, I think this is two weeks in a row where it's kind of like an inaccurate <laughs> Um Giving top billion to Andrew Keegan over, uh, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I found She's a interesting. Not even. Interesting. Not, even. not
4: even part of the synopsis.
3: So, again, two weeks in a row, strikeout for Rotten Tomatoes, but I figured I'd leave it in. But, yeah, I think it would more be, you know, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt would be the one who's desperately, Joey could give two shits, which we'll get to. Um, but, yeah, so that's the synopsis via Rotten Tomatoes.
2: Yeah, that's, they, they they got in the neighborhood, but didn't quite nail that one for me. Um, Big Sis, give us a quick rundown of who's in the cast of this movie.
1: Well, Dana kind of gave a little of a spoiler alert um, with the Rotten Tomatoes. But, um, you know, we were just talking about before the podcast how this just really made us miss Heath Ledger. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he plays Patrick Verona, which... By the way, I, was, I got about 45 minutes into the movie, maybe an hour, he was referred to as Patrick and I was like, what? That's his name? That isn't his name. <laughs> um, anyway, but that was my own, my own personal take. As we said, we have Julia Stiles in her redemption uh, movie as Kat Stratford. Uh, Joseph, Gor- Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays Cameron, Cameron James. Um, we already talked about Larissa playing Bianca Stratford. Um, David Krumholtz plays Michael Ekman.
4: He's
0: awesome.
4: Huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean. Oh, yeah.
1: Amazing yeah. movie. Um, Andrew Keegan, uh, you know, a little bit of a heartthrob at this time. Took a, a different path in life now, but he plays uh, I'll get to uh, it. Joey Donner. Um, Susan May Pratt plays Mandala, Mandela, which, again, I didn't realize that that was her name, but she was
2: was yeah. that the, the Shakespeare friend? Yeah, yes. Mandela. Okay. Uh, yeah, didn't catch a name. Yeah, I didn't. Um,
1: then we have Gabrielle Union back for another um, another like pretty steady role. So she plays Chast- chastity. Um, and then I think the only other kind of highlights, at least for me, were Bowie Logan Loenstein was played by Kyle Keys. I don't know how you say that. Like cease and desist. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And then, um, Miss Perky, of course, we can't forget was played by. Yeah. Annie. That she was like probably my all-time favorite character in this
2: movie. <laughs> Allison Janney. Oh yeah,
0: killed. love. It. Love Allison Janney.
1: Yeah. I forgot she was in this movie. Accident.
3: Yeah, I forgot she was in this movie, and it was my notes were Allison Janney,
1: all caps excellent <laughs> points. And I was like, yes. well, well, and then I okay,
2: love her and everything.
1: We could give the dad a call out.
0: Oh yeah, Yeah. the dad was amazing. Larry Miller,
1: making him wear the belly. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: a tremendous like character actor. He's been in so much stuff.
1: And Daryl Mitchell um, played Mr. Morgan.
0: Yeah, I have thoughts on him. Not a great teacher.
3: Yeah, yeah, I have thoughts as well. But barely a teacher. (laughs) Is that two Oscar winners out of uh, this movie? He and Allison Janney.
2: You know what? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Bravo, oh, wow. 10 Things I Hate About You. Just Hell catching a people cast. on the come up.
2: Now, Dave, uh, as you pointed out a minute ago, you had not seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, so as an adult, did this make the grade for you or should they have held this back? Um, it was cute. I liked it. There was good chemistry
4: between Julius Styles and Heath Ledger. That, that was fun to watch. and I legitimately laughed three, four, five, six times in the first like half hour of the movie, especially Allison Janney just being ridiculous. She, yeah. There are no adults at that school at all. They all <laughs> act like children, and she is the most childish of them all, the way that she yeah. speaks. I thought that was so funny. There were so many good performances, and it was, dare I say, a delight.
2: There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Big Sis, memories of this the first time you saw it, and uh, did this make the grade as an adult, or should they have held this back?
1: So I was actually more surprised than I remembered it, like pleasantly surprised. Um, I feel like it actually did really make the grade, and I felt like the acting, and the like we just said, like the actors were sort of up and coming, and right, you know, about to break through, and it kind of showed, um, and the plot it was interesting. It was cute. Um, I love the music and I also love Heath Ledger. So Mm
2: -hmm. it's a win for me. Okay. Dana, did this, uh, make the grade? Should they have left this back? And is this one that you have a uh, ticket stub for?
3: I was really bummed. There's no ticket stub. So that was, I'm starting to think the collection's incomplete. I think I gave it too much, too much power. (laughs) Um, so I know I definitely watched this in high school a lot. Um, I think, I don't know if we talked about it last week or we talked about it off the pod, but um, there is a uh, different version of this movie, probably more faithful, since this movie is an adaptation of Taming of the Shrew by Shakespeare. So there is Elizabeth Taylor, uh, Richard Burton version that I have been shit-talking, kind of, and this is the only reason why. (laughs) (laughs) I will explain why in a second. Um, So my sophomore year English class, that was the shakespeare that we had to read oh. and watch was taming of the shrew this movie came out the exact same year and we begged pleaded with conjoled <laughs> tried everything in our power to let our teacher like get a, like the teacher to take us to see this instead we're like look oh. at the the synergy and it's all coming together it's like a hip update and she was like no you're watching this elizabeth taylor version and that's why i hate it because the,
0: the elizabeth taylor richard burton version I've never seen alcoholism captured so well in a film.
3: (laughs) Well, I don't remember it because it was literally, I think I've seen it once and it was at this point now, you know, almost 21 years ago. So I love this movie. It definitely (laughs) makes the grade. Um, I think it's a, a cool update. Um, of you know, like taking a classic and making it more relatable for the modern time, so definitely makes the grade. And I think you know, our English teacher should have let us watch this instead. But that's my thought.
2: In eighth grade, Megan and I were—I think we were probably in the same English class with uh, taught by one Miss Kiki Labianca. Uh,
1: um, remembering her last name. Yep.
2: That sounds like a fake name to me, Kiki Labianca. <laughs> but she, um, we, we did uh, Hamlet in eighth grade. Um, and that no Hamlet. No, no, no. We didn't watch it. We just read the play oh. for what felt like nine months, and then we went to some Shakespeare theater to watch them perform. They didn't. Do, they didn't like Beth. We and even Macbeth, we wouldn't saw them do Macbeth. Like, uh,
1: no, it was like in like DuPage County, like. It something. was
2: theater in the round. <laughs> I recall we were, we were sitting around the stage. Yeah. I'm like, well, why are we here watching this? Because we didn't read this play, and I understand, you know, out damn spot and all of that. But mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, what a fucking nightmare that was. Um, Bobby, uh, what were your memories of watching this the first time? And uh, did this make the grade for you, or should they have held this back now that you've seen it again as an adult?
0: In high school, yes. Uh, my sister purchased this on VHS so um, definitely totally watch weird. this oh yeah absolutely and uh, also you know i was an english major so i have watched this for extra credit i believe multiple times in addition to the aforementioned <laughs> richard burton as the other version which is again um very um i don't know it's upsetting um but yeah no i i've always felt fondly about this movie um everyone you know, went on to do other stuff that we loved. Again, Alice and Janney, Joseph gordon Lovett. love it all. Mm-hmm. Makes the grade. Graduates come loudy.
2: Fantastic. Before we get into some of the memorable performances and uh, the recap itself, does anybody have any fun facts about this movie?
3: Um, I thought it was kind of cute that I remember when I was watching it that the band at the prom is, the first mm-hmm. band, is Save Ferris, Oh, Which yeah. is named after Ferris Bueller's mm-hmm. Day Off, so I thought it was a nice nod to John Hughes, ultimate classic teen film guy, so I thought that was like, I don't know if it was purposeful, I should have done some research, I'm going to say it is, I thought it was lovely.
2: <laughs> My fun fact is a little bit meandering. Um <laughs> oh, boy. So buckle in here, we, we talked about this uh, in a previous episode that I wound up cutting the audio from cause they didn't really have any facts behind it. I threw it out there kind of as an aside, like "Oh, Andrew Keegan runs a sex cult and we just kind of, we didn't have any needing to back it up. Um, so uh-huh. Andrew Keegan uh, who plays Joey Donner, he for sure runs a cult and he runs a cult of super sexy people. And he is the cult leader. I'm willing to say it's probably a sex cult. Um, In real life? Yeah, yeah. I don't, allegedly?
3: I don't, do, um, do we need to get a lawyer? You, <laughs> yeah, you, allegedly. You should, you should
2: say allegedly.
3: allegedly.
2: Okay, okay, allegedly. If this was a civil trial, I think I'd win that trial, is what I'd say. I think the preponderance of evidence states this is a, a sex cult indeed. I'll, I'll tell you guys through real quick here. So the cult is called Full Circle, It's in Venice, uh, California. Um, It was founded in the late 60s. Uh, Keegan's official title is guru. So he's guru of this cult. The -hmm. cult promotes hand-holding, group meditation, spooning, crystals, Mm -hmm. candles, and something they call soul medicine.
4: I do like crystals, man. I love me
2: some crystals. Crystals are fine. I'm assuming soul medicine does not include, like, ribs and collard greens and grits. it is centered at Rose Temple in Venice, California. They have a communal pet parrot who can speak in like full sentences, I guess, uh, oh, named yeah. Krishna, because they have just ripped off a lot of Hindu mysticism and just rebranded it as some hippy-dippy white folk shit. Uh, yeah. It was rated in 2015 for illegally selling kombucha without labeling it as alcoholic. Yeah. Um, so if, if that was all that it was, I'd be like, all right, it's like a weird spiritual blah 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 whatever here's where shit gets wild i read an article from i think it was like vulture magazine or some shit where somebody like went inside and learned everything um there are eight core members of the cult that are the inner circle of full circle um the guy that was interviewed for this magazine calls himself third eye yeah uh third eye said that keegan has quote the ultimate say in all things so he's for sure, that's a cult leader, like you, you run a cult. Um, Andrew Hegan himself says that he believes there was a worldwide change that resulted from the 2011 tsunami in Japan. Um, he talks a lot about water and how water connects all things and how there's like a lot of water crystals. He said mm. at the moment the tsunami happened, he was looking at a street light that exploded and that changed his mind forever and let oh, him man. know that he was the guru. He, he talks he talks in like ridiculous nonsense sentences now. Like he talks in riddles. Yeah. Um cat style. Uh, so the last thing that I found is they are currently looking for an investor to invest in their cult to hold on to Rose Temple. Because Google and Facebook have recently moved into the area and driven property values like sky high. And so they mm-hmm. can't afford... To maintain their cult and so they're out there like looking for an angel investor who believes in andrew keegan and crystals and allegedly a sex cult so much okay. that he's won just like write big old checks to keep them in business so yep. that's a hell of a fact um, i am on, i am research. on board
4: sign me up for that cult sounds good
2: all good. If you look at the pictures, they are all, like, legit tens. Guys, uh, girls, both, everyone there. I'm like, yeah, I can't hang out with you, you guys. Mm-hmm. Well, give me some Smoke of that new
0: well, Well, um, do you want to talk about some fun facts about the movie? Yeah. Do you want to get into some of the Shakespeare uh, references that they have?
2: Yes. I'm going to lean on you and Dana both. Oh, In terms of Shakespeare, because I haven't, I don't, I have never read this play. I don't know anything about it. And so I need a lot of comparisons to see how faithful this is to the original.
3: Uh, well, I want to be left off the expert list <laughs> because I literally have that. nope, nope. It's been since 1999. So, Bobby, it's all you.
0: Just off the top, some things you notice are uh, Padua, the name of the high school, is the name of the city. Uh, I the taming that. of the shrewish is set. Uh, Stratford, their last name is. Uh, a reference to Stratford-Upon-Avon, where Shakespeare was born. Yeah. Nice. Um, Heath's name is Verona, is of course where Romeo and Juliet is set. Um, and Bianca and Caterina are their actual names in Taming of the Shrew. Uh, but there are a couple... Oh, and also the French teaching is directly from Taming of the Shrew, too. Uh, okay. Lucentio uh, disguises himself as a French teacher. Um, but unlike... Um, <laughs> Ten things I hate about you. Um, Petruchio is very mean to Katerina, like almost abusive. So I'm glad they didn't go in that direction oh. um, in this. But um, he starves her, he deprives her of sleep. Um, Jesus. Yes, it's upsetting. To show his love. Yeah, King and now? also Joey's equal, um, who's Horsentio in *Taming of the Shrew*, I think. Um, is not a jerk at all. He actually really likes Bianca. Well, that's not fun. Yeah, he just happens to be rich also.
2: I just feel bad for him now.
0: Yeah, he's just not our hero. Oh, all right. So, so, some fun
2: facts there. Well, thank you, Bob.
3: I was going to also, like, I feel like I wrote down in my notes and I didn't actually put it in what we're going to talk about, but, like, there are certain things that they say that I'm like, did they take that from the actual, like, Shakespearean... Um, text like he calls her like a rapalian wretch or something, and like there's
2: some,
0: yeah, okay, there's some some
2: iambic pentameter like sprinkled throughout that does not really fit. Well, I don't know if there's any iambic
0: pentameter, yeah, I
2: don't think that. Um, you would know, I would not know, yeah,
0: iambic pentameter is uh, oh, don't it's like 14 syllable, it's you don't, it's Confusing and complicated. I
2: understand it from the Danny DeVito film uh, Renaissance. Renaissance
4: man. man. Yes. Dave knows <laughs> yes. it. Yes. Oh is in that.
2: that is yeah, Joseph movie. gordon I mean, levin has a lot of those lines in this movie. Are they? Are they? Wait, before we are they teens in that movie or are they like they're in ROTC? No, they're not in ROTC. They're in the actual army. I, I want to say they're. Oh, like
4: that's the, really army. But between the ages of like eighteen and twenty-one, they're young we and might be able to pull out one of them.
2: Yes. <laughs> we able to squeeze that in. Well, there's a sure, involved, and they talk about ham Yeah.
5: That's pretty
4: oh, great.
2: Jesus. That yeah. probably does not hold up from a racial standpoint at all. Um, before we get into the recap, were there any performances that really stuck out to people as worthy of attention here? Other than Alice and Janny?
1: Yeah, I was going to say Miss. Uh, we should discuss Alice and Janny.
2: Yeah, I mean, a perfect Janney.
0: name with Perky. Uh, she's appropriately creepy and horny. To Heath Ledger. <laughs> um, I mean, the whole thing is just <laughs> really
2: great. Yeah. yeah. I said last week that uh, Nick Cannon was on the sk- on the screen. Or I should say, noted anti-Semite Nick Cannon. Now that Not we've recorded that. the episode, of course, it's our fucking timing that he would come out and say some wild shit like a couple of days later. Um, so I said that he deserved mm. the Oscar for being on screen for like six minutes in *Roll balance. Um, my, my reference point for that was, uh, Dame Judi get getting the Oscar for eight minutes of acting in Shakespeare in Love. Um, Alison Janney was on the screen for like two scenes and she owned this fucking movie for me. She was so good. She was so great. Um, yeah, very little screen time. And the whole time she's on camera, I'm like, you're better than everyone else in this movie. And it shows.
3: That's. I feel like this is a quite quite well acted movie. So like the fact that she was able to pop like they, even though this is like a teen movie, like I don't think they like let the kids like, you know, skate. Like I thought, looking back on it, it was very well done. So the fact that Jan, Alice, and Jenny popped, she knew she got to get in, hit her moments, hit her marks, and get out.
4: (laughs) No, no, it it, it made a lot of sense. This was just before it was. I think it was filmed in ninety eight, ninety nine. This is just before. The West Wing, when she really CJ exploded, so she was yeah. so funny, and the word "tumescent" is just funny. That was <laughs> yeah, really She funny. Had, she was it's great
2: a dialogue there.
1: Talk about her lines later because she she ad libbed some of her lines.
2: Oh, she's the best. The other well, adult who had a real role, uh, Larry Miller, like he was really really fun to watch in this. He's absurd. He. I feel like he's the male version of Megan's mom from high school. Uh, Meg, confirm?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was just like a nervous wreck, terrified if his daughter was getting pregnant or having any kind of fun at all. Um, I loved to watch him on the screen here.
0: I think one more um, is Bogey. Bogey. Uh, Lowenstein Lowenstein. Lowenstein. well just the maniacal smile and um, hitting golf balls into a crowd of people (laughs) I think
4: that's (laughs) Nigel with the brie
0: (laughs) but then you see Nigel
2: with the brie when the door breaks down little things like that (laughs) a very small role that he really did kind of chew up quite a bit and I think given the amount of hate and shit we have shoveled on the julia styles over the course of several episodes we'd be remiss if we did not call out how fantastic she is in this movie she's very very good and it makes me angry that she's so bad and saved the last dance because i'm mm. like okay so you you know you know how to do this you can do this you you can be good at this and then what you gave us was Save the Last Dance. Um,
0: so I did listen to the Save the Last Dance <laughs> episode. What oh, other you? episode were you mean to her?
2: <laughs> we, talked, we talked about her a lot in the Roll Bounce episode because we compared Roll Bounce to Save the Last Dance.
5: Oh, oh. Uh, well,
2: yeah. We, I mean, we compared uh, Journey Smollett-Bell um, shit-talking in that movie with so much confidence and like natural ability to how awkward Julia Stiles was every time she delivered any line in Say the table Last Dance. So She's become a bit of a mascot for us. Um, I'm sorry, Julia. but Is
0: a mascot someone you typically hurl insults at and are mean to? If you're
3: the visiting uh, fan, yeah. If you're oh. from Philly, which I spent a decade there. So yeah, that's what we do. We just,
2: you throw some D batteries at Santa Claus and call exactly. it
3: <laughs> Yeah. So That's what happens. Bring that well, each right, flavor
2: uh with no further ado i think it's time that we get into this recap um dana where do you want to start
3: well we'll start at the beginning which uh i beginning. had obviously um had forgotten this i just really had to mention it because i forgot this is how the movie opens it opens with one week with by bare naked ladies I Jesus like Christ! this movie. i feel like that song has now such a bad rap i remember at the time we all thought it was so cool i had friends who got who were like bragging that they got to see bare naked ladies at like uh jingle ball at madison's for a garden and <laughs> now i'm just like we all everybody hates this song right now and i was like wait
1: what so yeah so. I,
0: I was very happy to hear it
1: me too huh? i yeah, I, yeah. I, loving I, it concert as well and i know every single line of that
2: song. we we're gonna run into i think more and more of this where it's like Songs that now we think of as being corny and like dumb and lame uh-huh. are used in like a very serious way. I forget what episode it was, but I called out earlier that um, in Orange County, which is among my favorites of this time, uh, Butterfly by Crazy Town. Oh, yeah. It's played like three times, and there's like a choreographed dance number to it that gets repeated over and over. And it wasn't ironic. It wasn't like, oh, this is like a dumb song that we're putting in. It's like, no, this is like a hot track. The cool kids love this fucking song. So, yeah, that one week, yes.
3: And, like, that's what it's meant to, like, signify here. It's these, like, a bunch of, like, fun, perky girls are listening to, like, One Week by, like, Bare Naked Ladies jamming out on the way to school. And then, like, the guitar riffs of Bad Reputation by Joan Jett kicks in. And there's mm. this scowling girl driving a beat-up old car, and it's just like, grr, she hates the world. Mm. But then mm. this girl, guys, she seems important. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> the mm. next... <laughs> Uh, five to ten minutes or so are the introductions to the rest of the cast. We get the amazing Allison Janney, who I'm not sure, is she the principal, the guidance counselor? She does something that's important at this school. All
2: she does at school is write erotic literature on her work computer. I mean, that's a and, time that and is talk.
4: A... And talk shit to students who she treats yeah, like. She
2: cusses at kids. Peers. She yeah. has some some, yeah. some bigoted Australian things to see that a pledged at one point.
0: And hires intolerable teachers. It's She's the total package.
2: Really it's just said, such a time when you could write porno on your work computer at work and be like, no one's ever gonna find out. Well, <laughs> no one's ev- gonna know.
3: I feel like everybody knows about it. Everyone knows. It does come up later with uh, Julia's character, but yeah, so she's in there making her big debut. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the new kid. That's why we're opening with her because he's new. She has to introduce him. <laughs> To people, we get to see uh, Heath as Patrick Verona, who's a bad boy. Um, then we get uh, David Krumholtz, who winds up being Michael, who is the tour guide for Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's like, oh, people are normally dorks. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not a dork. I'm, like, not the AV guy. Um, but obviously Love Michael that scene. Yeah, Michael is a huge dweeb. And Michael. We find out. <laughs> Isn't that his name? Isn't it Michael. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but he, so, oh. yeah, he's, he's, he's Michael, and in some cases, hey, Michael, and obviously an A.V. kid, and he's like, yeah. Michael, who's that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a very nice moment. <laughs>
3: um, and then, you know, we, Michael takes uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think his name is Cameron, we're going to go with that, because saying his full name is too long, um, <laughs> gives him a tour. I felt like this tour was very clueless in style, where he's, like, pointing Jerry. out where everybody sits, you've got the popular people over here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is just way different because you have people who, there are white Rastas, there are cowboys, there are uh, yeah. Michael's old nerd posse, who he's no longer the king of. Um, we, yeah.
2: um, when we When we we first started talking about this podcast, one of the segments that I, I thought would come up every episode um, has never come up before. I have <laughs> a theme song for this. I talked about it in the very beginning of us talking about this, and so you guys... It is the first opportunity for this podcast to enter the click house. These clicks, my God. So when I first saw this, I got so happy. We can do click house now. Um, The the Beautiful People is the first click. And we are told you don't talk to them unless they talk to you first. They're the only click that makes any kind of sense in like a real teen movie kind of setting. there's the coffee kids. Uh, I also, don't the coffee. only
0: one who is relevant throughout the entire movie.
2: Yes. <laughs> well, no, no, the future MBAs come back. They show up. But I, I don't drink coffee. I'm, I'm a natural early riser, and it's kind of my own personal hell. Um, did anybody else get thrown off by of the fact there's like a full-on like, coffee bar in the courtyard, I guess, of this school? Definitely not thrown off. It takes place in Seattle. Makes sense. Mm, True. Facts. Okay. That does make sense. Um, So yeah, as the coffee kids, Uh, as we said, there are the white Rastas who are, they're going to show up in another segment later on. Uh, But the, the idea that there's white Rastas and like not a single black Rasta with them or even like a black nerd that they keep around for like appearances sake is a lot. Uh we said they're in Seattle. What the fuck are there? A cowboy click at the school, like lassoing trash cans or whatever. Cowboy
0: hat wearing, cowboy click. But I mean, you know, rural Montana, Wyoming, Washington. Could be
4: cowboy. Not far. There. Not far from there, He's, but no, pretty far no. from
2: there. Eastern Washington and Seattle are very different places. <laughs> like that's, right.
4: that's why that, that clique didn't make any sense to me. And that's why we probably make sense. We didn't really hear from them again.
2: And uh, what did we all think of the future MBAs here as they presented? Loved it.
3: Was that so, a real thing? Yeah, don't recall that?
0: That, don't recall that click at my school.
4: Uh, this, it's, it's a bunch of preppy, rich kids who uh, they just decide to hit golf balls onto the playing field just randomly and hopefully the guy catches them in a basket that was, or somebody gets hit and dies. That was very unsafe.
2: Unbelievable. And, and they aren't just future MBAs. Like, they're they're full-on, like, Lord Nathaniel, bottom-tooth, like, fancy people. Yes. This is yeah. a whole bunch.
1: They're, like, future asshole, like, stock traders is what they are.
2: Yes. Yes. They're future finance guys. The future MBAs, being a clique, we didn't have a clique of football players. There was no cheerleader's clique. There was no stoner clique. It, they picked weird fucking cliques this week. And so for our inaugural ClickHouse, we're easing in with some real weird shit here, I think.
3: Yeah, because it never really comes back into play, but again, I think it was just kind of like, let's take this from Clueless, because that's also an adaptation of an old story. So it happened, um, but during this little phase, um, Cam sees Bianca, and I think there might be like a little slow-mo, is it like I can't sure. enough of you baby plays? Like that's later
2: on. <laughs> okay, I forget when they play the first time we see her, but yeah, there's a slow-mo for this time too. But that's um, also where we hear
0: our first little bit of Shakespeare, I believe, where he says, like, I want, I pine, something like that.
2: It okay. didn't make sense. Um,
3: <laughs> but yeah, just looks alone, immediately in love, but then uh, Michael just tries to tell him, like, she's out of your league and you can give it a try, but she can't date unless her sister dates. So good luck. Um, that little scene. Then in the next scene, we are brought back to the scowling girl in the car it is in her English class. Um, I like the English teacher. I really like the vibe of all of the adults at this school because they are seriously like have zero fucks to give and I am here for it. As somebody this, uh,
0: yeah, this makes me want to not move my family to Seattle. This man should not be teaching. What kind of student does he like? He sends everyone to the office. And by the way, so this movie came out when? 99 or 2000? 99. 99.
5: Okay,
0: so we went to high school the following year. I think our freshman year was 2000. We read Emily and Charlotte Bront. We read uh, Sylvia Plath. We read all the teachers she was complaining about not reading. That's true. She has no yeah. one to blame but her teacher. Um, and who who is he not going to send to the office? The man should not be teaching. He should find a different profession. Well,
2: I love and it. My thing with him, um, so in the scene, Kat goes off about how we're learning Hemingway, but like not enough, uh, you know, feminist authors, which is a legitimate complaint. Um, if you're reading Hemingway, I mean, like Bobby said, Sylvia Plath is sitting right there. But he came over the top on her and essentially was like, white liberals are the fucking worst. <laughs> like, he, he's basically like, you think you're woke, like, you're not. Like, you also fucking suck. You're as bad as everyone else. Um, he also says that one day Joey is going to get himself bitch slapped. Yeah. Like, you're not even teaching anything. You're just here to roast these children. Yeah.
3: It was amazing. So, yeah, yeah we, get, we get more sense of the adults in this place are just over it just for a paycheck yes clocking in and clocking out uh as Bobby pointed out sort of like Kat gets kicked out of class but we get a sense of like she's a very like intelligent moody girl who hates douchey joey um so just more character introduction and then alice and Janie does not give a crap that she has a bad mm-hmm. attitude and Kat helps her come up with words for her ridiculous romance novel Um, so yeah, just really getting a sense of our, our characters here. Um, and then I guess, I guess it's like after school where we now get to see Joey and who's a douchebag. Um, his buddy spots Bianca and there's like a gross wager kind of thing, but Joey's like, I don't need the money. I have money. I'm going to mess with Bianca just for fun. So again, just laying it on thick. These people hit their stereotypes and they hit them hard. Um, But then, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt just sees her and again, there's just this sense, I've never spoken a word to this girl, but she is amazing. (sighs) And he's in love. And weirdo guy Michael says something about a spank bank. I thought it was disgusting, so I'm Um, skipping it.
2: Is this the first ever use of spank bank on film? No, I think about that. From, are you sure? Yeah, I think about that from um, that movie uh, Hall Pass, which was not a uh, great movie, but exactly. it's in that. This no, is ninety nine. This is early. I'm quite confident it was
0: documented before that. Dave will have to, you know, be the expert there. But it feels I'm like Weird Science would have that in it or something.
4: Weird Science, Re- Revenge of the Nerds, Porkies. I'm sure one of them said something. Not Revenge of the
0: Nerds, something but I, Kevin I could Smith. see Porkies something kevin smith related
4: or revenge that's of the nerds 2 funny. nerds in paradise one of my oh, favorite
2: could be i don't know yeah
3: joey and, is just talking about he's in love and then you know we have to like hammer home michael's feeling like he fairly just feels like she's really pretty she i think he calls her legitimately vapid right here and one he of goes. my favorite lines <laughs> from this movie chastity and bianca are talking and chastity has this to say I know you can be overwhelmed and I know you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? To which Bianca goes, I think you can in Europe. So it's very <laughs> much
2: in the trailer. I recall that from the trailer. Yeah. I for some reason I thought that was Alicia Silverstone saying that line. To see it from Gabriel, you know, I'm like, oh I'll be damned.
3: Yeah, it's a great like I sometimes think about that. Like if I hear the word overwhelmed or underwhelmed today, I will still to this day go like, can you ever just be whelmed? it sticks. I thought it was hilarious. If anything, it is one of the first potent quotables in this movie. And we'll take some time to dive into some other ones right here. What did you say?
2: We laid the groundwork for um, the kind of professional person that uh, Allison Janney as Miss Perky is. Um, Among her first lines to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, same little ass wipe shit for brains everywhere you're at work like you're at work with children so that was that was a big (laughs) one for me um a little bit later she asks cat what's another word for engorged yeah i don't know that i've ever heard engorged outside of a nature film or like some really badly written porno like i listened to um my dad wrote a porno I'm sure the word engorged is used in there alongside like vaginal lids and whatnot. Pretty often. Oh, it's, if you guys haven't listened to my my dad, porno, um, you're missing out in your life. Uh, Who else has some good lines?
1: There was was another line that she said, right. Kind of in that upfront section um, where one of the guys says bratwurst or something. And she goes bratwurst Where aren't you the optimist?
0: yeah yeah like i said appropriately creepy um i also like we're about to get to a scene in the parking lot where um i mean the dirt bike goes down the hill and he cries out of course (laughs) he cries out my balls (laughs) 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 i mean mean, why wouldn't he (sighs) um and my favorite, Ugh. I mean, I've got a few more. I Want You, I Need You, Oh Baby, Oh Baby is a classic. Yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't gotten to some of these yet. Not a KD It's Ryan fine. Fan. Put them in. I mean, not a KD yeah. fan was cruel and great. Um, oh, but I think that my favorite is Joey yelling virgin alert!" That oh, was just, yeah.
2: I mean, he
0: then goes on um, to call them boy. sweet young things, but Virgin Alert really just tickled me in the, the way you don't want to be tickled.
2: <laughs> there's um, there's another one um that to me it was a very much of like a throwaway line, and it might have been improv. I don't know. It's a Mike line from the party, and he's trying to charm some poor I, young girl. Yeah, and he says, you know. I'm thinking of getting a Tr- Tr- Tracell. Yeah, that a Toyota. But it's I'm an like, import. Okay. It's an import. It's impressive. That's yeah. something, right? Toyota Tracell is a very sad car, and I it's, think about it's a it because car. there's, a, there's a, it's a, it's the bottom of the line Toyota. But there's also, um, there's a sketch that, I'm not even sure what the context of it was from SNL that Horatio Sands was in. I hated Horatio Sands on SNL. He could oh. not get through one sketch and I remember there was a character he was playing who was like a pathetic loser, probably on Beacon Update. And he's like, Yeah, you hear that? Sound of my keys. Toyota. Tercel. I'm like, Okay, like that's the saddest car you can brag about, man. A, Toyota, yeah. Yeah, a silica, at
3: least. Dr. Stratford has some pretty great ones. I honestly, you could write down everything their dad says. Yeah. It hilarious. So um,
0: and Hell is Just the Sauna.
3: Yes, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, when there's a line later, and he's like, what's normal? Those damn Dawson's River kids sleeping in each other's beds <laughs> <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> oh, it's
0: so good. <laughs> I also really enjoyed when, um, I mean, not a quote, unless you see what they're doing, but they're snooping through Kat's room, and Bianca says, a girl's room is very
3: personal.
2: <clears throat> and they yeah. Snoop, I, I got a kick out of that. It's, yeah, It's a hell. This movie is very portable I feel like.
3: Yeah, it's chalk full full of them. Um, there's a couple that I'll save for when they happen because I definitely yeah. also put them in my we'll sprinkle them.
0: Yeah, 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 there are a lot of good ones coming.
1: I will, yeah. There's one last one that I have to give credit to Miss Perky on, when Bianca gets sent to the office and she goes, "People perceive you as somewhat of a heinous bitch." <laughs> God.
0: Would you ever hear that
1: in high school? That would
2: be, oh. I feel like some of oh. the women who worked in the class of O three 3 House, like, no, that was Jake Linnell's mom, and I forget who else, but like, they were very kind ladies, they would never talk shit to us like that.
0: And, so, oh, he- and one more, one last quote, I think, like, why this movie holds up, and why it is kind of, you know, it, it does have some John Hughes elements. It is a Shakespeare mm-hmm. story. But she says a quote at some point. She says, my dad wants me to be somebody I'm not. And that's why this movie does hold up. And that's why this oh. is kind of like a teen movie that people really like and relate to. Yeah. Because a lot of people feel
2: that way in high school.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, the last one I had on my little list.
2: We haven't discussed your dad, Bob. but I feel like that resonates with you quite a bit. Oh, my dad, Bogie Lowenstein? <laughs> no, your, your your dad was Bogie Lowenstein, but he wanted you to be uh, Joey. I feel like he wanted a man's man as a kid, and he got Bobby instead. Oh, you mean my dad, Bogie Lowenstein? <laughs> <laughs> Bob senior with the full woodworking shop in the basement.
0: Yeah, so I mean, but I mean, that's why this hits home. That's why this movie holds up. Uh, that's one of the reasons why it's like a, you know, it's I don't know if it's considered a classic.
4: But
0: I think so. For, I mean, for our age. So over 20
4: years old, you know what? In a car, that's a classic. In yeah. a movie, <laughs> we're getting close. It's, it's classic rock now,
5: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: I think it's a good one. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it really holds up. Um, but in this parking lot scene, I think at some point uh, they also run across Kat. I think uh, Michael almost crashes into her with his motorcycle. And I think he t- she says, uh, remove head from thinkter, then drive um yeah and that's when he calls her i think the shrew the Rampalian wretch um yep. and lets michael know or K- michael lets cam know that that lovely vision is uh your crush's older sister the one who has to get a date so you can date her so we have now met the whole cast for the most part <laughs> all, all the key players everybody showed up um and, you know, since everybody was heading home, we're at the Stratford house. Um, Kat gets into Sarah Lawrence. Dad's oh. not into it because it's so far of course, away. Sarah and
4: $56,000 a year in tuition. I'd be pissed. <laughs> it
3: might yeah. have been cheaper in 99. No, he well, was
4: pushing for U-Dub, like 10 grand a year. nine right. grand <laughs> UW Dub was Street. Like,
3: I got into Sarah
4: Lawrence. I'm like, it's $215,000 over four years. Awesome. Super sexy daughter, love you. Uh, It might as well have been Vassar. It might as well. Actually, it might even be more than Sarah Lawrence. Who knows?
3: (laughs) But again, we're just seeing this picture of like really reinforcing her feminist viewpoint of the world. Um, Absolutely. But this is where we get to meet the dad and try to understand his no dating rule because he's an OBGYN and it seems like he only delivers babies to teenage girls all day. Exclusively. um, Is what seems to happen in the conversations that are going on. And he wishes that Bianca could be more like Kat who has no interest in dating and just, you know, again, getting the full picture of everybody. Um, we're in the library next after that. Cam is Bianca's French tutor because that's the thing that needs to happen and he thinks it's a way of like getting to know her since dating's off the table but Kat, or Bianca just can't seem to be bothered to even remember his name or care that this guy's trying to help her but she does see an opportunity that if she can hook this sucker he might be able to help get Cat a date and if she if Cat can get on a date, get go on a date, she can go on a date with the gross Joey, but Gosh. is leading Cam to believe it's him. So you know we're getting some plot mechanics here, everybody. Um, so she kind of agrees, leading Cam on. Cam gets pretty excited, runs to Michael, and he's like, "I need help finding Cat someone to date." They round up a bunch of weirdos. Um, some guy who's into sheep. I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> why okay all right (laughs) padua is not a small school you have to assume that there's one or two normal dudes at this school who you could potentially find to date cat there's there's the guy that you said who's into sheep there's one guy who says that he's basically like stoned all the time um and like that's a weird choice at the end, there's one dude who just, like, looks straight into the camera and screams. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't find one normal dude who might have wanted to perhaps go on a date with cats. That's a rough, a motley crew. A gave a symbol for her ear.
3: That's how horrible she is, is what they're trying <laughs> to let us know. So, yeah, this rant, motley crew of people, none of them are up for it, so then they have to, like, figure out someone else. They eye the mysterious mythical Patrick Verona, in science class, he has some sort of switchblade multi-tool thing to show that he's a badass. He stabs a frog. He lights a cigarette. Oh, in sick. class! Yes, in, in class.
2: class! So cool. We saw Fredro Star smoke in the cafeteria. This one-ups mm-hmm. Fredro Star. This is in the middle of science class.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think he uses an open burner, like just a flame, because some reason yeah, they are flame. dissecting frogs, but also need to have a flame nearby. No idea why. And it's just very just-
0: cool. Like sure, he's a loner, and he just also happens to be the world's—I don't know—second most handsome man. He would not be a loner. Like,
2: no, I I had that same thought. There's there's a line that I know we're going to get to later on, where they say that cats and the pretty boys. I'm like, are we supposed to not think that Heath Ledger is a pretty boy? Like, he is a very pretty boy. It's the same thing with um, a John boy. Tucker Must Die. Like, yes. oh, so I'm supposed think that Britney Snow has trouble finding dudes. Like, yeah. you sure uh, about that? It did not make sense to me that that the girls are flocking all over Heath Ledger in a sexy accent.
3: Well, I think they try to, he lets there be this air of mystery around him. Because, like, they'll, they'll get to it later where they keep exchanging stories of what heinous. Story about you or like ridiculous thing is true or not. So I think there's also he's just some might be hot, but he's weird. I don't know. We had hot, weird dudes at my high school that just you know like <laughs> I
0: we had just, some. Of they're ours. just I don't weird. They Just passed on by.
3: Yeah, because you're yeah. just like okay, you're good looking, but I'm scared. I think Patrick likes it. I think he likes that. Like all right, people think I'm crazy and scary. Let's roll with it.
0: Oh, he definitely does. I'm gonna let
4: people in when I want to let them in, but they're gonna stay away. <laughs> Because sometimes i light up cigarettes in class. Yeah. Stab a throne.
3: Exactly. So they eye him. They think he might be the one, but then realize, like, it's going to take more than just nicely asking him to help us. So they decide to enlist Joey's help, which, like, why do they think they can trust Joey? No idea. But in this process, when Michael is, you know, wheeling and dealing, um, Joey draws a penis on his face. Very Kirsten casually. Straight oh. up <laughs>
0: draws a penis on his face in school. So, so good. He's like, yes. oh, wait, March, wait, wait, The middle of the day. After, after he draws boobs on the lunch tray. I this whole, guy I have has. A penis on my face, don't I? I? I have a penis in my face. <laughs> yes. yeah. Cool, great. Right. But also, check out the casual view from their cafeteria. These kids are yeah. spoiled Beautiful,
3: rot. beautiful yeah. campus. My high school overlooked the Garden State Parkway, so you
0: know you, you went somewhere. Um, some. I'm familiar. I'm familiar. We
2: had a gazebo. There a pond. Oh my gosh! You mean Lake Burkett? Lake Burkett. Word not the Kathy Burkett? How's she doing? Probably great, right? Oh, that's a great. That's a great question. I'm not. I've no idea.
0: <laughs> I heard she was murdered by Willie the Wildcat. That, oh, God. Did, that didn't happen.
4: I heard. Law you know and right? Order, Naperville. Dun dun. <laughs> It's all it's all meth and pills. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. that's that's all there is.
3: Alright, I'm pulling this back. Pulling grabbing these reins. <laughs> so uh Michael's able to convince uh Joey to go for it. And Joey's gonna pay Patrick to do it. So for some reason, everybody hangs out um after school at Padgefoot on the soccer fields at practice. This is a thing that happens. Everybody at my school would have been told either Go to practice or go home. This wouldn't have happened, <laughs> yep. but it works out. There's a negotiation. Joey wants to pay Patrick twenty. They up it to fifty. Um, in my notes, when Patrick tries to put the moves on Cat, I went. Heath Ledger's very hot because I was like, <laughs> I mean, he
0: was <laughs> go he on was, a date he with was you. He was
2: something.
3: Now, I mean, first w- of all, anybody
2: would.
0: We've already talked about Bogey just maniacally hitting balls into crowd of people but also does anyone look less like do anyone does anyone look like they belong less than heath ledger and his friend here his friend is wearing a giant chain he's
5: his smoking. Friend's
0: 30. like he's yeah 30 they're both that. conservatively in their early 30s yeah. and this yeah you can't smoke on the athletic field of your high school
3: yeah. They're also just like chilling on the bench as someone to play sports and coach sports in high school. I would scream at kids when they came over. Not even in the orchards. Just get out. Like, get away from my field. Ooh, I'd get hot. What got got me the
2: most, in this scene, there is soccer practice and the marching band sharing the same field as the track (laughs) team is running laps around the field and someone hitting golf balls into the crowd Space the fuck out! Like we had, we had a football practice field that was not in the stadium. Soccer practice fields were somewhere I could not even see them from where our football field was. Marching band, Bob, you marched. Where do you guys practice? I never saw any of you guys by the skate park. By the skate park, like you space shit out. You don't put everyone on the same field and be like work around each other. There would be
0: so many concussions. (laughs) First <laughs> semester at this school
3: i would say someone who taught at a like a coach at a school in a city you sometimes don't have the luxury of space so we would have to share fields it was not as just like rampant and ridiculous but there sometimes has to be field sharing because right. i can see that there's just not enough space but this was just done in such a haphazard manner that yes, it was lawsuit. everyone
2: all grouped together plus spectators come watch practice
1: yeah I will say the little Easter egg of the um, gym teacher is a nice little touch. Um, I don't know if you've if you caught him, but he no. gets repeatedly injured throughout the movie. Uh, yeah, he gets I saw hit him the get shot ball. in
4: the ass with an arrow. Yeah, That's the guy gets shot with the
0: arrow? Oh, he was okay. injured.
1: <laughs> Badly
0: injured. Right. That part upset me. And
1: he, gets the ball, this one. he gets shot in the arrow later, and I think there's like something else that he gets hit. So I forget which movie. That's pretty coming. great. But it was very similar to, like I think a gym teacher that kept getting all these like things happening to them.
2: That's pretty fantastic.
3: So Patrick tries hitting on cat. She's not inserted. not going to work. Um, I think then the next week there's something silly we can skip over, but cat um, and Patrick, well, cat runs into Joey and Patrick as she's out and about town. Um, Patrick again, tries to charm her. She's not having it. Joey double parks behind Kat, so she just rams her car into it. I'm yeah. here for it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dad's not really having it, so he gets kind of mad. It's a second PMS joke that we didn't talk about the first one, yeah. so not a fan of those. It's just not funny well, to
2: me. <laughs> I, also, I want to point out, in this scene, because it comes up later on, I wouldn't have noted it if it didn't come back up later. Um, we said in, I don't know, probably... Hackers episode. I worked at Guitar Center for a couple of years. The guitar that Kat is like pining over, yeah. When we first see her looking at a guitar, that's a Squire Stratocaster. Squire like Stratocaster, three hundred bucks. Not much for if that. that. Squire yeah. is to Fender what like Honda is to Acura. Like it's their it's their lower level brand. Yeah. That guitar could I I think two fifty because it's not even like a fun color or anything. Right, the, their dad's an OB/GYN. They go to a very nice high school. She for sure could have afforded a two hundred and fifty dollar guitar. It drove me nuts. But she's like, "Oh, this Squire Strat sounds like a shoe. Impossible to play. I mm. want this guitar. Drove me fucking crazy. I'm off of my uh my soapbox now. I'm sorry about you, that.
3: You climb <laughs> down.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um, right, this is actually the third PMS reference because. <laughs> Early, can early. you get cat to take a mitol before class?
2: Ah, uh, that's right.
3: Yeah. So right. just a lot of, you know, very sexist humor that yeah. might be, you know, maybe we'll talk about it later. But yeah, that's the one thing that's hard to watch.
4: That was just like that. That was like a single dad in the '90s thing. Like, well, if you're angry or something happens, PMS. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. I'm just a dad. I
3: don't
2: know. Hey, hey
3: I don't know. They just don't know, you know. <laughs> no, it's it's their dad's job to know. Your yeah. dad would <laughs> you, you, know. you would
4: think so, but he's but but he made the joke anyway. No, no, no.
3: which is fair. I think it's just Larry Miller ad living in <laughs> the the uh, the moment. is probably what happens. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, again, we're just seeing that cat is a feisty young girl. Um, Patrick witnesses all of it thinks it's hilarious Um, so next day at school Joey tries uh, or nope I think Patrick ups the price and I in my notes were calling them the geek squad which is Cam and Michael offer to help Um, (laughs) Patrick with Cat and you know Patrick is stupefied because it's like Joey wants this girl Cam wants this girl and he goes what is it with this chick does she have beer flavored nipples
4: what? Jesus.
2: Great.
3: What? Great line. Oh, I
0: love it. Yeah. I don't
2: yeah. want to yeah. like that flavor.
0: No. awful mm. line. I thought,
2: uh, he, I
1: thought he said grape flavored n- nipples. I,
2: I oh. wish it would have made more sense. It's nope, <laughs> it beer flavored nipples. It would have made as much sense.
3: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're like, Cam's not for it, but they offer to help. Um, Michael has a way of. Helping uh, Patrick get kat to go on a date by saying Bobby Lowenstein's having a party. Also a way to re- get revenge on Bobby Lowenstein for outing him that he buys his shirts at Marshalls or something. I don't know. It happened earlier. <laughs> Not a big deal. Um, it's eyes on Izod. Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, so there's going to be a big party that everybody's going to try to go to this is a small thing i just always thought this is funny so i'm throwing it in here there's a hallway scene between um bianca and joey he's holding up photos they look exactly the same it's just the color of the shirt is different he's with yeah. one and it's like the one on the side she, what do you think of it she's like you look pensive and he goes damn i was going for thoughtful so good yeah <laughs> so clever you know me at the time being like a nerd and being proud of the fact that I was going to like rock the SAT verbal loved it Um, (laughs) Very good. but then after that we have to do the recon and we have to you know help learn more about cats so Cam and Bianca are hanging out this is where we get the is she a Katie Lang fan to figure out if she's a lesbian or not Um, need to get her other interests and they walk around her room like it's impossible to know what she's into when she has a whole wall Plastered with posters, posters, but they're like, "What is Band she <laughs> oh, no. it's like?" it's
5: a real mystery.
3: Look yeah. at the wall; you'd be able to figure yeah. it out. There's ticket stuff. There's a date book and black panties, which means sex. Apparently, I don't. I don't apparently, know. um.
2: So my thought when I first saw this, I am no expert in ladies' underpants. I don't. I don't. I don't proclaim to know all the ins and outs. I don't. Uh, that. Well. <laughs> Her underwear are gigantic. Yes. Like this is this is clearly before the time when like a thong was um standard underwear for a woman to wear. Cause they they picked them up and they're supposed to be sexy and they're probably satin. And I'm like, oh, you've got hey. like bloomers? No, okay. Okay. Like You're like, briefs. <laughs> yes,
3: they are just cotton briefs, but she's they're like big. oh when she has lingerie. I was like, no, <laughs> that's
5: a
2: big
1: also, this is not before thongs were sexy. I'm pretty sure I was. Okay,
2: I didn't know. I, I thought they were standard fare, by 99. But I don't fucking. Know. I mean, the okay. whale tail was. Short your your using the
0: that. term standard fare, I find <laughs> fascinating.
2: I I don't I don't know. I mean, uh, garden sure. variety.
1: I'm not saying. Um, you're, I'm just saying that there were like sexier things that were very accessible. Other than that giant pair of. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Correct I mean,
0: you guys just watched Save the Last Dance with Julia Stiles and yes. you talked a little bit about her butt. Like, do you yeah. think those are appropriate for what she's working with?
3: Oh, I don't no, think it, so. But- she's a lot, she has a dancer's body in this film. If that's- yeah, more so. We don't have to go too far in the underwear, but it was a fair point. Those things are ginormous. Um, I was gifted my first thong in college because my friend was annoyed with the fact that I always had visible panty lines. So some of us <laughs> are slow on the uptake. Um, but apparently, we're learning stuff about cat.
1: I mean, when, as I referenced earlier, those like skin tight dance pants that we used to have to wear, there, were, there was no room for the, that giant panty situation. So. Yeah.
3: I get it. I just, I'm back to that point in my life where I don't care anymore. But I, we also, no one sees <laughs> me anyway, since we're trapped in our homes. Um, but they take all this information. Um, Cam and Michael take it to Patrick, who uh, is out at a bar, just drinking beer, hanging right? out. Right?
0: How did, Loves- could we talk about that? How does that this happen? Which is the
4: thing, yeah, because he is a, he is a child probably, no. unless he's much older. And Patrick Verona
3: go- I- is a man, and they can you know, just sense that.
4: <laughs> that's fine, because the drinking age in 1999 in Seattle was 18, I guess. I don't, I don't care if
0: it was. He is a child. Could be. Could
3: be. It just, again, shows how cool and tough and the, how much of a bad boy Patrick Verona is. So that's where he is. He's hanging out. Um, I think, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit when we were talking about, you know, is uh he fled to a handsome man the answer is yes but when the boys say to him so uh you know she's into pretty guys and great work here i don't know if it was the director or heath's idea beautifully played scene um sorry folks on the podcast i'm just going to describe it to you watch it um but the look on his face of uh, are you you meaning to imply that i'm not pretty and there's just a long pause so he finally asks I thought that was chef's kiss. It was. I thought, yeah. just, I thought it was well done. a
2: pregnant pause. They, they wait oh. for like four beats. Before, it's it's really well done.
3: Yeah. I just loved it because um, obviously Heath Ledger is one of the most handsome men on the planet. I'm pretty sure that's why I saw the movie Patriot because I fell in love with him in this movie and was oh like, God, anything Patriot. he's in, I'm going to. Well, Speaking
2: one of one anti-Semite Nick Cannon, Mel Gibson, huh? <laughs> <And one laughs> we thing didn't we
3: know. We
0: is this is not his um, first Shakespeare movie, Night's Tale*, or I guess wait, That's, is Night's Tale* Cantor, isn't that Chaucer? Yeah, Chaucer, Canterbury. Yeah, it's Chaucer. Either way, clearly also
2: read. It's all, in high it's all the same
4: Shakespeare, Chaucer, whatever. Yeah,
0: clearly a fan <laughs> of the uh, the old arts. Yes. Yeah, and that Bale one comes Walls out. Shows
3: up. I think that one comes out in like two thousand one or two thousand two. Um, but yeah, we're at the bar. They're describing what she's into which is you know, Thai food, feminist prose, and uh, angry girl music of the indie rock persuasion, or mm-hmm. as Patrick says, noodles, books, and chicks who can't play their instruments, which, ouch. I mean <laughs> but,
2: He's not the wrongest.
3: Oh uh, anywho, we're mm-hmm. going to keep mm-hmm. this moving.
2: and Sarah indie rock, they I count them, it's fine.
3: let to say, I saw them live on an acoustic tour two years ago. They were amazing. T and
2: Sarah are fantastic.
3: Yeah. So basically he learns all this. He has to go to club skunk, which I think might be a lesbian bar unclear, but it really looks like Patrick might be the only oh, dude there.
0: Definitely um, seems to be. I'm watching that notes, scene right
4: now. Well, there was, those, first, there was one bartender who recognized him. He's like, Oh, Patrick, what's up,
2: bro. We're the my only first thought here. In, dude, my, in my notes, I'm like, okay, so it looks like a little fair in this mm. bar. Every woman who sees him is like me mugging the fuck out of him because he doesn't belong in there. And then I was like, if it's not a lesbian bar, how come every dude in town is not at this bar? The ratio there is insane. Um, the fact that there is a bar where everybody there is a girl and not a single dude from his school is like, I want to go to there. I want did to- not make sense to me.
0: So doesn't that mean it is a lesbian bar? Has to be, has to be.
3: I think it is. They just don't make that overt. Yeah. But he goes. The band's playing. Him and Kate uh, have some nice flirtiness going on. Um, ultimately, it seems that you know maybe she will go to this Bogey Lowenstein party with him. Unclear. But you know, not
2: saying yes and not saying not no.
3: saying no. But it seems like the research, the recon that happened, worked in his favor because she is impressed that he's at. Um, yeah, that he's at the show. So now it's party time. Um, Bianca and Chastity try to, in the biggest air quotes of all time, sneak out to man. get up the party by walking down the you stairs. You never
2: snuck out the front door? <laughs> walking directly behind her dad who's four yeah. feet away.
3: Yeah. yeah. And this is the line where they're just trying to say, oh, it's just a party. And he goes "And hell, it's just a sauna. Mm. Yeah. Um, he, <laughs> a great dad, man. lunatic dad, uh, Ooh makes Bianca put on a pregnancy belly because, obviously, parties lead to pregnancy. Um, it's really <laughs> amazing that they're so well-adjusted after all of this. But, oh, absolutely.
0: Uh, These women are scarred for life.
3: Yeah, have to be. basically, um, you know, Bianca is able to, like, beg Cat to go. They decide to well, go.
2: There's one thing from that scene that um, made me feel real uncomfortable, and I wanted to see if anybody else also felt the same way. Um, was anybody else bothered that Bianca exclusively calls her dad daddy all the time? Like, that, I don't like it. It, it bothers me. It, it bothered me when Hillary did it on Fresh Prince. Like, I don't, I don't like it when you are a teenager and you only call your dad daddy. It just... Really we, are, we are raising Camden right now that my wife is mom, I am dad, there is no daddy, there is no mommy in our house. Like that shit is fucking weird. I I is your dog a doggy? Down. No, our dog is Lola, and she's nope. old and decrepit, but in better oh shape my. than Edna. Nope. Dog is dog.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Cam's gonna be adorable. Yeah.
3: So uh Kat decides to go to the party. Um <clears throat> Everybody heads out. Patrick's there to pick up Kat, like he said he would, um, which we didn't talk about, but now now we did. Um, But they go to the party. Everybody's there. Um, Joey and Kat have a not-so-great run-in where he basically is just like, she's like, stay away from my sister. And it's like, you try keeping her away from me. And he's right. Bianca's all over him. We're excited to see him. So uh, Kat starts ripping the shots, even though she says um, she tries to (laughs) never do anything anybody else does. She's getting ripped at this party. Mm-hmm. Um, while my. they're there, uh, you know, Bianca realizes how terrible and awful Joey is, which is kind of interesting because she's kind of terrible and awful, but so that must make Joey the worst. Um, so yeah, everybody's just getting to know each other a little bit more. Um, there is the infamous uh, dance to Biggie. Is it Juicy? Is that... The, it's Hypnotize. Hypnotize. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I always get them confused. I'm, I'm a totally...
2: Okay. Point of personal privilege. I got so mad watching this scene because I'm like, okay, now Save the last dance makes even less sense. Oh, here we go again. I'm not gonna say yes. Here we go again. So, so I'm not gonna say that Julia Stiles is a. I'm uh-huh. not. he's a great dancer in this scene. Hmm. Uh, I will say her dancing in this scene where she's supposed to be a drunk teen barefoot on a table is better than any dancing she did in Save the Last Dance. Her face is doing things. She's giving attitude in the face. Her hips have fluidity. I said before, she might be able to play strong safety, probably middle linebacker. She's a full cornerback in this scene with her hips moving. Like, (laughs) what happened? What the hell happened? I, I can't explain why she knows how to dance in this movie. And then two years later, oh. she is three left feet. I can't make it make sense. Well,
0: this is a lot less time on camera of her dancing, right? It's only a few moments.
4: But Probably a lot less so, choreography too, man. A lot less choreography. The, it's more just like man. dance along to a song. She's like, I'm into <sighs> it. This will be over in 25 seconds. I don't have. Three or four minutes on screen to memorize all these dance
2: moves. There was, there was no, there was no three or four second stretch of say the last dance as good as this. Like yeah. it was, but also was the, I mean, the best dance I've ever seen her do.
0: I think we all knew the type of people who, when they got drunk, just wanted to dance or make yeah. quotes oh, well, with my yeah. fingers. These Julius? Big... I mean, girls and guys,
2: they were both out there. Um I've seen you dance drunk and I've seen you dance sober and I'd rather watch you dance drunk.
0: But regardless <laughs> that was mean. Um but regardless <laughs> does Julia Styles strike you as the type where after she has a view, she's like, you know what? I just I gotta nope. dance.
3: She's at work. She didn't actually get drunk to do that. She's acting.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's probably like whatever, water or like apple juice in those I shot glasses. Just didn't seem appropriate for her character, is what I'm saying. She, she yeah. went all in, and I appreciated her <laughs> dancing in this. I did not in See the Last Dance.
3: That's, it's probably like, they're like, oh, look at her move in that movie. We've got the one. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, well, we're here. We're here. Oh, was um, this
2: after?
1: This is 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 two years before. This is is two
2: years prior.
1: She got her role in Doss Dance because of her dancing in this.
2: God damn it. Wait, she
1: really did? Yeah. Oh,
3: I was just guessing. Ooh, boy. Okay. Hold on.
2: (laughs) I'd be so mad if I was the director or the casting agent, like, this is what I got. It's like Stanley playing basketball in the office. Yeah, (laughs) this is what we ended up with.
3: Well, we're gonna we're gonna keep it pumping because right now
2: we've derailed. I'm sorry.
3: This would be a great time to do mic check.
2: Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two.
0: Microphone check
3: one two. We already talked about one week by uh you know Bare Naked Ladies and Bad Reputation um by Joan Jett. I. Preferred a lot of the music at the house party, and I just don't know if kids. I like what, like, I don't think y'all were in high school yet. I was in high school at this time. I don't know if they would be playing Word Up by Cameo, um, nope. Atomic right. Dog by Parliament, it's the code word. <laughs> uh, Push It uh, by Salt and Pepper. They definitely would uh, have been doing Hypnotize. But,
2: hypnotize would have been played,
3: but the other I mean, ones, nope. like, I loved the 80- eighty. Sure. What? Salt and
1: Pepper would have been played for sure.
3: Okay, the Salt-N-Pepa. other ones, though, I wasn't really sure about. Um, there is like I can't get enough you baby which I think that comes up like I think in the scene after the party uh, Winter by Sister Hazel plays later and I did have to look that one up I think my brothers went to college with this a couple of the Sister Hazel guys oh.
2: I knew they were from New Jersey so that does that, that make some sense to me um,
3: um,
2: there was a lot of good stuff there's a
4: uh, one that Patrick sings he pays the marching band to play along as uh, the Frankie Valley can't take my eyes off oh, that, of course. That, that was awesome that was yeah. so fun, and then at the, uh, at the prom, uh, they they did a Nick Lowe cover. Nick Lowe, he had a song in Rock and Roll hey. High hey. uh, yeah, "Cruel to Be Kind." That was mm-hmm. really good. I thought that was the song of the movie, That's
2: pretty. Good. There's two things for me. Um, number one, a quick aside: if you guys haven't heard "Push It" by Salt and Pepper lately, <laughs> that song doesn't have verses to it. <laughs> like, yeah. I heard it on like the old school hip hop channel maybe like a month ago, and I'm like oh, I, I know this song. I know Salt and pepper, obviously. I'm gonna listen to it. Each verse is like two lines, and then like a musical break. There's not they yeah. end a couple of them in the middle of a line. It's it's, a weird mean, it's not a good song. song. No, it's yeah. a fun. It's a fun
0: song. It's a
3: fun song. I tried to do it at karaoke because I like doing Salt and Peppa for karaoke, and I got like a line or two in and i was like oh i fucked up there's nothing to do here but just it's stand off and wait for the line to come back and just yeah. be like,
2: just
3: do the dance and like, yeah push it
2: <laughs> and while we're on the topic <laughs> my boss uh christine does juicy by notorious big at karaoke for christmas every year uh she nails it every time i do um anarchy in the uk uh and i put on like a really good Johnny Rotten accent. I really, I surprise people as a black person who nails Sex Pistols. Um, we talked about Word Up and Atomic Dog not making any sense at a high school party. Um, what caught me the most with this soundtrack? Number one, that there's another song by Simisonic. Didn't know they had more than Closing Time, but that was like their only song. Oh, or yeah. Chemistry. And I mean, oh, well, he has i heard Chemistry. I have not. Yeah. But then, there was, um, but then there's
4: another one apparently that they put in this movie.
2: Well, and also to me, and I, I think Dana and I are on the same wavelength here. Did not know, honest to God, that Letters to Cleo was a real band. Oh yeah! I thought I thought <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought they were only the sad band from Ben on Parks and Recreation. Yeah. He's he depressed. He works his letters. Yeah, Ben Wyatt with his Letters to Cleo shirt making his claimation and thinking about uh, his calzone restaurant with the local cal calzone zone. Like, yep, that is, to me, <laughs> what Better to the is.
0: They are the band that plays uh, Cruel to be
2: Kind.
3: Yeah, so they, I knew they, them, they
2: have a big role in this movie.
3: Yeah, yeah, I knew them first from this movie, and then it's always been hilarious that that's, like, it's Ben Wyatt's <laughs> favorite. And it's just, like, this weird... And now they are totally Ben White. When he puts his letter Cleo shirt on, you know he's in a bad place, and that's just oh what I God. think of now. <laughs> um, there Did is one more song. <laughs> uh, one more song that we like didn't mention. They play the Thompson Twins "Hold Me Now" at the end of the party. I just really love that song, but it's really just, yeah. It's such like a weird I Shazam some of the songs, so that I was like intrigued to know what they are, and this. Yeah. I enjoy this soundtrack, but it is all over the place because it's, like, current stuff, 80s rock, hip-hop, 80s hip-hop. Like, it's it jumps all over the place, which is kind of interesting. But, yeah, there's no, like,
1: through line. Fair but,
0: criticism. Fair, yeah. fair. Yeah.
2: This is not there's, a there's three Theo songs.
1: Yeah, this is not a soundtrack I would buy. Um, no. It, it was fun. It made it like maybe movie
3: fan. Yeah, it would be jarring to be like, I'm just gonna put this on as a car. You like <laughs> jump it all over the place. Um, but yeah, so she does she has the big dance. Uh, so that's our mic check. but yeah, Biggie set it off. She has the table dance while she's table dancing. She managed to get all the way through the thing and then she hits her head on a chandelier. Mm-hmm. So then uh, Patrick has to take care of her. He's been concerned this whole entire party because all of a sudden this, you know, tough girl that he's seen is doing shots because Joey Had some unkind words to say. Um, So Patrick's trying to take care of her. He runs into Cam. Cam's like, "It's all off. You don't have to do this anymore because Bianca's into Joey." And then Patrick just, you know, provides some like wisdom here of like, you know, that guy's a douchebag. If you really like her, you should go for like go for what you want. Cam's, you know, whatever. Um, Bianca is over, totally done with Joey. Wants to go home, but he even though he offers to take them somewhere else uh you know bianca and chastity
2: yeah chastity swoops in and is like yeah my my curfew is two in the morning or whatever and we've discussed before that dana you had no curfew in high school yeah um i think all of us would have been bianca like well i'd like to go i have to be home in 20 minutes and you're like hey fuck it i can do whatever the fuck i want did this chastity moment speak to you in high
3: school well, so, no, I don't think I would have been, I had to drive everybody home, so I would have had to be like, I gotta go too, because, you know, Megan's, I had a friend, Megan in high school as well, um, I was like, she's gotta be awesome, home by Megan. 1130, Jess has gotta be home by midnight, so-and-so's got 12, you know, like, I, I would have to make my rounds, hit my stops, um, but I just thought it was interesting, like, this is where I'm, like, concerned about Bianca and Chastity's friendship, because Bianca's like, we'll be each other. Uh, totally not into Joey. Wants to go home. I think she uses the curfew as an excuse, but you know, the Queen, I think so. cabby union's like, I'm gonna shoot my shot. Y'all, you don't want Joey. I'll go with Joey, and yep. they head off. Um, you know, Bianca winds up like sheepishly walking up to Cameron and gets a ride home. Um, Patrick and Cat are having a nice moment where he's like trying to take care of her, and um, you know, he's getting to know her better. She's trying to see, starting to see a different side of him. He drives her home. She leans in for a kiss and Patrick being a gentleman and I think he's really, you're starting to see that he might really be developing feelings for this girl, decides not to kiss her because she is drunk and concussed.
4: Drunk and injured. Yes. That's yeah. the decent yeah. thing but to I do. Think
1: she's and also, in the
4: protocol. I'm good.
1: He also just see you tomorrow. Home. Why would you want to kiss her? Yeah, that's right.
4: Yeah, she, she puked did, everywhere. She puked. two minutes before. That too. Uh, Forgot about that. Yeah.
3: I also think an enlightened man, um, consent. He's concerned about consent, and he realizes yes. she is impaired two different ways, and he shall not kiss her. What yes. a gentleman, ahead of his I,
2: time. I think. I think the realistic move is to give like a. I'm not sure. Not a friendly peck, but like a warm and polite peck. So that she knows that you're interested but not like oh let's take us to the next level because she gets like real mad at him that he doesn't she's she's there leaning in for this kiss for conservatively 45 minutes <laughs> it goes on for so long like, like i think you give like a, a courteous kiss and then be like i will call you tomorrow so that the girl knows that you're not like giving her the heisman here
3: mm. and he i thought it was respectful so i do think she overreacts. we can get into well, that in does. a second. Um, but yeah I think she takes it a little too far um, Cam and Bianca kiss which is nice for Cam but I found it a little surprising because he was just like ripping her a new asshole like two seconds beforehand like calling her out for so playing much him uh, he calls her selfish he even though he's not the one calling her conceited he lets her know that other people think she is conceited and she just kisses him and I was just like
2: Dude, wow. I fucking hate his guts in this scene. We'll get to it later on in our segment about their romance, but I hated him so much in this scene. Like, whiny bitch. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, it was just a weird, interesting things that happened. Um, and, um, you know, everybody winds up going back to school after the big party. Um There's a weird classroom scene. Again, teacher being an asshole, which I was totally there for. Yes, Mm. yes. That was great. I don't know what's wrong with me. Mm. I think it's hilarious (laughs) every time. Um, But Patrick realizes that Kat's really mad, and he just kind of wants to be done with this whole thing because I think he really did like her. He realizes that, you know, she's not really into him, and he doesn't want to be caught in this nonsense. But Joey is determined to go to prom with Bianca, and offers originally two hundred. But when he pulls out three, Patrick changes his mind. I would have needed five hundred bucks. I'm not changing my mind over an easy hundo. I needed, I needed up. I need half a half a grand there. In high school,
2: I would have been okay with that yeah. much money.
3: In
4: high school currency, that's five times as much. I mean, it, when they started at twenty, I, I would have taken twenty bucks when when they first started. I'm like, <laughs>
3: So Patrick realizes, like, all right, I took the three hundred bucks. I gotta. She's very mad at me. Um, for some reason, he again. We just like all he did was not kiss her. But apparently, she's hella embarrassed about the whole thing. So he needs to do something crazy and over the top. So he does. Ooh, in my notes, I went. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> He sings the song, you're just too good to be true. has the band play it in the yeah. soccer stadium it is what a show
4: I was impressed no. he had some singing uh-huh. talent. I was impressed
3: so obviously the song is a big hit um cat is like immediately forgives him um but he ends up getting like dragged out of the stadium. I don't know. he gets detention for this i I don't understand why. Like, I don't oh, understand. They were the security guards. Security, but like,
4: okay. during the public announce system, I guess, is against school rules.
0: Absolutely.
3: I, I, I get mm. so. He winds up in detention. I I'm not sure if it's after school or during the day because the soccer coach is there. The guy, the gym teacher, always gets keep get shot in the ass. So, mm. who knows what type of uh,
0: recovery process?
3: But um cat feels the need to break him out of this. So I'm guessing she sees it. This is a yeah, weird timeline here because she sees it, she smiles, but then there's no interaction until None. the next day, maybe when she breaks him out of detention by flashing her soccer coach, which is uh, not a detention worthy offense. I yeah, don't that, that talk about that. That. Felt, like a Saturday
4: school, that felt like a Saturday school
0: to me where he's like, I'll let you oh, be there for God. a few hours, but then I'll break you out um, for like the second Oh no, that sounded like a child exposing herself to a yeah, girl Yes. Back. Yeah.
2: That's yes. That, so much disgusting. about that was messed up like I, I don't I don't understand I don't what, like it.
3: Why He looks why, for I, way I, too long. <laughs> He's into
2: <laughs> it. Yeah. Like he is <laughs> not like oh no this teenage girl is exposing herself to me and like needs some help. Yeah. He's and, put on like all right. <laughs> no,
4: it's he was a stoner guy. He he took that kid's weed and those uh, Cheetos and you know, so Doritos or Cheetos or whatever. Or whatever. Do you know who that was? Listen. That was that 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 was Joey Suzu. You guys know Joey Suzu? Was it really Joe that Suzu? Was Joey Joey Was <laughs> D- David Ledger from Empty
3: Nest? Oh, yeah, oh, I knew him as the creepy neighbor from Empty Nest, and I was just like, nest, of course yeah. he's staring at the underage titties. Ah, <laughs> the original Quagmire. And he's yeah. gonna um, steal this kid's weed
4: and steal these this other kid's.
1: Guys, he okay.
3: got,
4: got a
1: golf ball and got hit in the ass. <laughs> like give him
2: <laughs> is he just taking what's owed um listen listen I, I think we we made it through most of the movie without going into this. I think it's time for uh what's your problem This movie is not like the most problematic that we've seen uh by any stretch, but um two things besides Kat exposing herself to a grown man who's like, hmm. Um, the, the white Rastas in general were problematic to me. Racial appropriation is a thing that we are more and more aware of now than we were back then. But like, they they weren't just like white kids who were aping Rasta culture. I think that one of them had a full-on Jamaican accent. Like, yeah. that, that, I, I mean, Come on. We, we talked about the Ross Trent sketch. This was much more like there was a Vanessa Bayer, Taryn Killam sketch back in the day when they played students at Michigan State who were super into anime. And they had like fake Japanese accents and like spoke broken Japanese. That's what this was to me. It was it was bad. Yeah. Uh, and then the other part that I had a, a problem with, I don't think they realized it was problematic. I think they knew the white Ross is supposed to be a joke. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, the fact that they made poor Mr. Morris rap Shakespeare later on, I'm like, god damn it. Like I, 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 as 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 a young person, I was once in a group project where the teacher suggested to me that we present it as a rap because I'm black. I'm like, I'm eight, now I'm not a rap. <laughs> like I, no one else is rapping or doing like a country song because we're in Texas and they're white But I'm supposed to rap this thing out. Watching him unnecessarily rap to this classroom of children, his Shakespeare just—god damn, just dude!
3: It's to show you it's the original form of nothing. It's no, the poetry. It Look how cool poetry could be. No, nope. uh, no, it's, it's awful. <laughs> cool.
1: I like pretty cool. I, I, I wish like somebody else had played this role because I think he was. He was like on the cusp of being funny, but like the way that he delivered it was just like just off.
0: It was yep. not funny. It was <laughs> cool. <laughs> like,
1: I mean, I mean, Tracy Morgan or something had yeah.
2: Dave Chappelle better.
1: <laughs> felt, yeah, no, it would have like made. They would have made it so extra that you're like clearly understanding that it's like supposed to be funny, but the way that he played it was just like I'm just like. Am I, is this funny? Or are we I, er- think,
0: <laughs> I think one thing that was problematic that was maybe a little overlooked is in the beginning, um, Allison Janney describes Julia Stiles as a character who has allegedly kicked a male student so hard in the balls that he required a testicle retrieval
2: operation. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was Mr. Morris, the teacher, that she was talking about, I didn't catch the name. I thought she had assaulted her teacher in that. I moment. think it's problematic that she is in the school. <laughs> she is assaulting people. She I should mean, have been expelled. I it's mean, violent assault.
0: Now, I have not Googled a testicle retrieval operation. Um, I mean, well, I'm on a work I, guy. I'm out a work computer. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I don't think that's real. And if that happened, I mean, oh boy, well, yeah that that is what I would call problematic.
3: We'll we'll get to their some of their like myth busting in a moment because we'll let's put a pin in that testicle one. Um, <laughs> I will say because they talk about it. Okay. Um, I will say like my big problem with this movie that I think I wrote at the beginning. of My notes was just like we're not great to women in this movie. Just. <laughs> Not at all. No. So, no. Just, the plot, like, the scheming is gross. I've, I, we've done a couple of these movies where someone has to, like, is forced to date someone else. This is a common theme in movies. I don't like it. Like, I'm over it. It's, and
0: again, Taming of the Shrew is substantially worse because Petruchio Pat- <laughs>
2: is very, very mean to uh, I mean, Catherine. This, this isn't even, like, forced to date. It's like, this is, I'm doing this for sport. Like, and when, I, when we found out that Bianca's a sophomore, I'm like, oh, that's so much worse. Because, I mean, we, we knew, like, the senior guy that would, like, date the sophomore girl, the power dynamic there is off to begin with. And then to also gas it up with him being, like, the coolest senior, like, oh, you're, this is mean. Like, you're not, this is not an equitable relationship in the least bit
3: a lot of my friends senior year like my dude friends dated freshman girls and I was kind of like oh "Oh."
2: yeah it was Bob dated a girl who was one year behind us for a while in high school but it seemed like she more or less wore pants
0: well I also had a late birthday and she had an early birthday so take
3: that whatever you gotta do
2: to justify it to yourself (laughs) man whatever you gotta do it Yeah. But yeah, like the, the two year gap in high school seems like a very big deal to me. It seems
3: like forever. Um yeah. but anywho, I think we were talking about flashing teachers to get out of detention. Uh, yep, not, again, she didn't get in trouble for that because apparently Kat all she does is get in trouble for talking back to her teacher. That's it. But needing people or in the ball,
2: supporting him. Uh, At one point she got super into his rap Shakespeare and he's like, Get out of here.
3: She was talking back. She's gotta go. Yeah, um,
2: to the
0: office.
3: So, get to the office. Office. Um, but they, Patrick, breaks out of detention, and they have a very cute date. They are paddle boating. Uh, some really horrible green screen situation there. They play paintball. They have an epic makeout session and some hay. They
2: they, they play paint
4: balloon. Didn't yeah, that's not that paintball. <laughs> what
3: the fuck? What, what the fuck was this? We're just gonna throw
4: paint-filled <laughs> balloons at each other, and that's the same. It's not the same.
0: And then they make out in hay. Oh, so covered like in paint.
2: Yeah. And covered wow. in paint, just licking each other. we will see. <laughs> Julia Stiles very cute in this scene. Um, yes, very much. She was adorable in this scene. But yeah. good call out by Dana
0: with the atrocious green screen.
2: Or yeah. <laughs> yeah it's
3: that it's
0: unbearable. Yeah.
3: Um, but they have that. The in,
0: in a... the background. <laughs>
3: it's <laughs> there are other people going by them where the, the lighting's totally off. It's, yeah, not the best. Um, but they have this, it's a really cute date. They get out of the car. And this is where they're trading myths where, like, does he have a liver? Did she, you know, kick so-and-so in the nuts? She's like, that one's true because he grabbed me in the lunch line. So, like, that, oh, that
0: was true. Had it coming. Deserved true. it. Okay. Well, then I stand by it if yeah, it's true. So- it's problematic
3: yeah it's she gets away with interesting stuff in this movie um his accents real like they just kind of trade things back and forth um cat asked him to tell her like something true or something i don't know patrick plays it real smooth i don't know patrick verona is he would have gotten me in high school you know like he wouldn't have anybody try. in high school. Yeah, that's also fair. Like, He's yeah. so smooth, so good.
0: Uh, we yeah. had we had a girl in high school oh. that, I don't want to say a handful of people who have been on this podcast have made out with, but huh. she would pull that exact same move. And we all knew because guess what? We all made out with her. Wait, what? So Yeah. The, what? No, tell, what? tell me something about you that no one. I mean, that's that's a classic, classic creep well, move.
2: Well, Bob, we can bleep her name on if we need to.
0: Who was this? No, you guys use too many first and last names on this podcast. Her first name <laughs> is unique enough, where there's only one, and I ain't saying it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll put it fair. in the chat.
3: <laughs> well, while we get this mystery, I'm gonna keep it moving because um, um, you know it was very sweet. They had this nice.
2: <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That was her move? Yeah. Okay. I never made out with her. Uh, Dave has run off camera.
4: <laughs> you have to cut all of this! <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Okay.
5: You I, I last name. Okay. <laughs>
4: That's funny. Yes. That's...
2: Yes.
5: Oh.
2: Yes. Okay. okay. It all checks out now. Okay. I'm on board. I got it. Okay. okay. I'm sorry, David. You were
3: saying? It's Okay. So they're having this sweet moment, but then Patrick brings up Prom, kind of pushes her on it. She gets mad. We're in a fight again, because um, stupid Prom, but Bianca really, I think the next big scene is Bianca talking to her dad about Prom. He's not having it. It's where we get the those damn Dawson's River kids, which as a huge Dawson's Creek fan, that just really tickled my funny bone. Um And there's a heart-to-heart later between Bianca and Kat, because Dad's still not into them going because Kat's not going, and we're, you know, trying to learn more about what her deal is, and the big reveal is uh, Joey and Kat used to date, they slept together in ninth grade, Um, she only did it because that's what all the other kids were doing, she didn't want to do it anymore, and he's a dick about it, so she swore to never do anything else, because everyone else was doing it never again so that's why she is the way she is um it's cool that cat's opening up bianca is not having it because mm-hmm. it's like just because you fucked up doesn't mean that i had to be sheltered and not get to live a life all fair points um In there my is a notes,
2: i wrote that she reacts to this like decent amount of like good advice the way that any sophomore girl would react like, not like, okay, make a good point, let me think this through. Like, oh, no, no, fuck you. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, it, yeah, I, I watched it as an adult, and I'm like, okay, like, good sisterly advice. Like, forge your own path. And she's like, how dare you ruin this for me?
3: Well, no, I think, like, the forge-your-own-path is good advice, but Kat doesn't let Bianca forge her own path, because True. she she, like, helps their dad, you know, like, keep her sheltered, and I think at the end of that scene, like Kat said something like, you never know something about trusting people. And it's like, Bianca's response doesn't make sense to like me in that, that moment, I would have been like, I thought I could trust you. And it turns out like, I can't, like, I think the point gets, but whatever. So I can see from both perspectives. Um, And yeah, she's just mad that she doesn't get to do anything because of, you know, Kat's shitty time with Joey, but now we understand that hatred. Um, she's moping, Bianca later is moping in a tire swing, wearing Mary (laughs) Janes with, like, high ankle socks. I don't know, I used to wear the same thing when I was, like, eight. She's, you know, 16. Yeah, Um, it
2: makes sense.
3: Yeah. (laughs) But I think Kat sees that, so she has a change of heart, she comes downstairs in a prom dress and just saunters out the front door. NBD, no questions asked. Nope uh bianca comes down in a prom dress and gets the fucking third degree from her dad we're gonna
0: we're going to call that a prom dress huh oh we're gonna get to it we have we're gonna a, talk a about, it, about
2: it in a second here
3: but yeah. i just thought it was interesting that like cat just gets to go bianca gets grilled again just the dynamics here aren't great and then i was just super amazed that these two girls just had like prom dresses lying around their house because for me and my friends it was like an ordeal and you went shopping months in advance and like i don't know i guess maybe they could have done that but i just thought it was interesting where they didn't even have dates and yet yeah i'm just gonna throw this on i can
2: understand i can understand bianca having those elements in her closet even like having a dress set aside thinking she was going to prom the fact Again? that cat had that dress in her closet does not make any sense to are me we at to all.
0: presume that it was in her mother's
2: closet no she at no point it's a prom dress at no point does she even wear like a full shirt all of her shirts are like midriff shirts and then she shows up with like a full ball gown that did not make sense to me at all so we we, we waited a while there's been a lot, of, a lot of discussion of fashion and also um, now that we are at the prom, um, I think it's time for us to dig into some frosted tips and butterfly clips here. Dana, this was your movie choice. You take the first dibs here. What outfit stood out to you the most?
3: So one character to me was the epitome of frosted tips and butterfly clips, um, Bianca, but I will. Just pick one outfit and let, you know, let y'all have other ones. Um, It is, we didn't talk about the scene, I think, in that much length or depth, but um, it's after Bianca and Cam kiss the next day at school. She, like, walks down the hallway to, I can't get enough of you babies playing. Um, Totally unironic. Yeah. uh, Larissa Olnick has, like, very choppy highlights in this movie, so that's the frosty tips. Um, Lots of clips. (laughs) And she is wearing a short sleeve blue t-shirt with a big old butterfly in the middle, a very, like, pretty patterned skirt, and I think some real chunky-ass flip-flops. And I was just like, yeah, it, she walked out of... It's very similar to, like, Bring It On, where she walked out of, like, Contempo Casual, and this is what she's wearing. And it was just... Yeah. every
2: Every... Every woman show in this every woman shoe in this movie is a chunky flip flop, so that, that does sound about right to me. Yeah. Uh, Dave, how about you? What look caught your eye? Uh, well, one of my favorite like understated characters.
4: He had some good parts. Was Bogie Lowenstein? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's a bogie Lowenstein? What's a bogie? Well, oh, <laughs> I, I, well, he likes yeah. golf, so Bogey and Lowenstein because yeah,
5: yeah. Is Jewish.
4: Is? I, I don't know. Um, but um, when he's meeting people, when people are coming over to his house for the party's getting ready, he opens up his humidor. He has his nice Argyle uh, sweater vest, which you don't see people wear anymore because sweater vests, I think, went away. Um, I got one. You got an Argyle sweater vest? I don't
2: wear I have one in the closet.
4: Dark slacks, stretch dress shirts, preppy to the max. Inside the humidor, a nice Ashton cigar. I I, I like the Presidente cut, the nice thick, big cigar. Um,
5: Pretty good smoke.
4: I was pretty impressed. Uh, He has his own... um, That's probably his dad's humidor, but you just get to hang out, and then he thinks Nigel's there with the brie, and all hell breaks loose. so fantastic.
0: Nigel with the brie.
2: Yeah. It's 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 a very good throwaway moment. Um big sis how about you what outfit caught your eye
1: well i was gonna take a prom dress but um somebody from somebody stole that to me or from me rather i
2: don't even feel bad Mm -hmm.
1: um but but i do have a backup um when heath ledger is in that the skunk bar is that what it was the skunk club Mm
2: -hmm. yeah Um, club skunk
1: yeah club skunk so unless you paid like super close attention it looked like he was just wearing like a very normal because he's just wearing like a, a casual v- v-neck tee but his pants are like leather maybe um, <laughs> light gray pants they're like shiny maybe plastic mm. maybe leather i would say leather they're really tight um oh. i'm the only one who noticed that <laughs> they, <laughs> I
4: know. Just, they were um, some kind of material
1: I'm going to have to go back ple-
0: and watch it. Ple- ple- pleather sounds I don't think they were latex. They're I was going to say, uh... are, you, are you upset about the, the texture or the fit?
1: <laughs> I'm just, it seems very out of character for him. Like if it was black leather pants, I'm like, okay. But like gray pleather? <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little shimmer in them? Not sure. Maybe that's what you Yikes. wear. Bar or Something that when you're the only guy.
3: No, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to roll back the tape on this one because I missed it.
4: Just him walking yeah, up that hallway, you're like, right just, now. "Those are some weird pants, yo."
1: That Twenty-two minutes pants? in, we th- thirty-four and twenty seconds.
3: I'll <laughs> figure. I,
4: I didn't. I, I didn't take a timestamp.
1: Next time. Okay. <laughs> it was after
3: oh telling me. No, uh, I know where. I know. I know exactly where. Right after, <laughs> right
0: after the bass scene.
3: After the bass scene, he was talking about. The
2: uh, Bob, which look uh, did you want to talk about this week?
0: I mean, I was, before we came on the show, I said, Joey's uh, tuxedo for prom because who would ever wear that, to which you quickly retorted, I did. Um, <laughs> but just, yeah, all the pants and shorts, just the bottom half of everyone was amazing. The man, the pants on the uh, the men were so baggy, and the shorts on the girls were so long. Um <laughs> <laughs> and yeah yeah and i mean let's face it we're in seattle guys this whole movie is sunny no one needs a raincoat <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> no no flannel anywhere
0: <laughs> yeah so but now all in all just really appreciated the little trip back in time with you know the the halter tops with a little belly but a hoodie on still um, mm-hmm. Just a lot of nonsensical layers and bagginess across the board.
2: Yeah, um, as Bob has outed me, I did wear uh, all white with tails and a white top hat to prom my junior year. I had a white <laughs> vest, a white shirt, and a white bow tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. A clip on bow tie. Yeah. Like I can tie a bow tie now. I could not tie one back then. We're going to be putting pictures of ourselves at prom onto our Twitter. Uh, which I will, I'll tell you guys where that's at, um, at the end of the episode here, so you can kind of get a look at what we were like back in this time going to prom, with it being a prom-heavy movie. Um, my look is another prom look. Um, as Megan said, I kind of swooped in and stole this her her. It is Bianca's prom dress? Her prom get-up, I will say. Prom
3: um, separates? Um,
2: <laughs> yes, yes, her prom two-piece. Um... I want to start off by saying this is not me trashing Larissa Olanik. Uh, Alex Mack was one of my earliest celebrity crushes. Um, mm. I we I think off mic we talked about the Babysitters Club movie. In the trailer, she kisses a boy under some sprinklers, and I felt like heartbreak for the first time in my life watching that as like a nine year old. So this is not to trash her. That said, this getup is fucking awful. Um, it's like a bright red. Satin top not satin this is sateen it's basically a scoop neck midriff tee because it's got a very a very wide scoop neck um at my job we make scoop neck tees and when we're like mocking them up on the mannequin my boss will often say no no no, make the neck more scoopity like this is a scoopity ass neck it goes way wide and down um because of the material of the shirt it can't really look anything other than rumpled like, it, it, you can't make it look smooth. It's also not real well-fitting. It, it somehow makes her, who has been, like, in very form-fitting clothes, the whole movie look kind of boxy. Like, it's kind of wide. The sleeves are kind of wide. Uh, but her skirt steals the show here. It is layer upon layer of pink tulle. Um, and it's got a red elastic waistband that is just barely below her belly button which seems very high for the time, maybe not. I, I think of, you know, the late 90s to early 2000s being like the era of the low-rise pant, and these are way up there. She's also got like a really messy, aggressive updo with some tendrils, because of course you had to add tendrils at the time, and a tiny little red satin pouch as a purse. Um, Megan, when we talked about this earlier in the week, you revealed that you kind of wore something like this to prom yourself.
1: Yeah, so ish. Um, so it was definitely a two-piece <laughs> situation because um, that was like really big senior year. It was definitely like really big to have like a top piece and a bottom piece. But as you know, my mother would le- never let me have a midriff. Never, never. So, but it was like a top piece which like had ties in the back, and it was the exact same color as Bianca's dress. Oh um,
5: boy!
1: And the the bottom wasn't like tulle, but it was the the same kind of like height and like a frame.
0: Was it like a tutu?
1: No, um, it was like a, it was like a normal dress, but it was the same color. It was like a two piece situation. You could have made it a midriff if you, you know, worked some things. But around you weren't about that life. Yeah, um, and then my best friend got the same dress in pink. So. Oh.
2: Jeez.
1: This Yikes. is
3: why you do it in
1: advance. You go
3: together um, at the school. when I bought mine. Ooh, well, that's oh, that's. Oh,
2: you went together for it, and she was still like, "I'm taking your shit anyway."
3: Yeah.
1: Yo, are you
2: gonna put her name in the chat?
1: Well, I, you tell know who it is.
2: Yeah, we.
0: <laughs> I think we all know this. We've we talked about her previously on the
2: pod at some point.
1: I mean, to be fair, it, it it's fine. We looked different. <laughs> <laughs> only, there are only three girls in our group, and three and two of us had the exact same dress, and one in like salmon. Oh, my in, God. <laughs> um, that it's fine. Still, made,
3: still felt like it's not all these years later. Yeah. But we can keep it. With... We're gonna keep it.
2: <laughs> Even room it is not fine.
3: Um. So everybody goes to prom. It all seems like it's going swimmingly. Cat and Patrick are having a great time. Cam and Bianca are cute. Michael and as I put it in my notes, Shakespeare Girl, who we learned out is Mandela, I guess. Mandela. Um, are also going together. Um, letters to Cleo plays shows up to play a song. Um And yeah, you think, this is all wonderful, magical. But then Bianca runs into her frenemy, Chastity, in the bathroom. Who's at problem, with Joey? Because you know, she shot that shot and it went in. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) Chastity just brings the hammer and is like, well, you know Joey was only into you because he wanted to have sex with you tonight and he had a bet with his friends. Um, Bianca is disgusted. It all comes so she gets annoyed, um, goes storming out of the bathroom. Joey's at prom, is really pissed at uh, Patrick because he's like, hey, I didn't give you all this money for like that chump to be here. It was not the uh, ROI he was expecting. So he's saying this uh, out on the dance floor. Cat overhears it. Now she's upset. She goes storming off. Um, Joey, you know, runs into Cam. For some reason, Joey punches Cam. I don't. Understand why this happens, but
2: I don't know. Misplaced teenage boy anger.
3: Yeah, but yeah. we needed it because Cam is down on the ground and Bianca just comes up, punches Joey in the face, and goes, That's for my date. Punches him again for her sister and then knees him in the crotch for herself. So, yeah, again, all this fighting, all this punching, not a teacher to be found. We don't care about violence at Padua. So, we're moving on. on. Not happens. an
0: adult in sight. No. no. We, None we, to be found. We, they
3: don't want to be chaperoning prom. I've done it. It's terrible.
2: Not
0: even not
3: Alice at.
2: and Janny. You have to make the, to to the reading her erotic literature. You have to
4: make the adults' kids to let the behavior make sense because if mm-hmm. you didn't, you'd be like, all these kids would be in detention or in jail. Because they're bad kids. They're all bad
3: kids. They're not good. They do bad things. So we get some violence. Joey gets his come up That's great. Um, but meanwhile, Kat and patrick are having it out cat and pat um i think she's reasonably (laughs) pissed because he was paid to uh go out with her by his true enemy her true enemy and pat's just like you know it wasn't the money didn't mean anything i cared about you she's not mattered at
4: first but now it doesn't because i like you
5: yeah
3: yeah because i like you now yeah either way prom ends uh next couple days I guess something I don't know Kat's hanging out she's down in the dumps um, Bianca's just like thanks for going do you want to come sailing with me or something because now she and Cameron are like a real couple um, that would never happen yeah <laughs> Kat, <a> now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kat and her dad have a lovely heart to heart about how she's so grown and well adjusted and he's paying for her to go to Sarah Lawrence even though as we mentioned, mentioned Dub is right there and probably costs like A quarter of what it would. Well, and the other thing here is this is this is after
2: prom. I'm assuming she's a senior. It's awfully late to be picking your college in like May of your senior year. She could be a junior. I guess she could be. Why
0: would you you presume she's a senior? I think she. I don't know. I just think she was.
3: Yeah, into Sarah Lawrence. Like she already got the acceptance. Right. She's been accepted at this point. Um, it's not that late. Depends on when prom is. Like, I don't think I chose my college until. Like
2: May. You played sports in college. Like I, mm-hmm. I picked Iowa in like November. It was like, I, I had it laid out for me. It, I applied to a handful of schools, knew which one I wanted to go to. And like, there was no like late in the year signing day for me.
3: Mine wasn't a signing day thing. I was waiting to get accepted to colleges. Like, they were like
2: turn over hats and like have a whole thing with the news in your gym.
3: (laughs) No, I was not recruited. No one cares about field hockey, and I wasn't very good at it. Um, I just was waiting for people to actually want to take me, and I just randomly got into a school, a school like a random one that I applied to on a whim. So I just didn't know anything about it. So I wasn't cutting a check until you see it. Um, But anywho, Lovely conversation with her dad. That this is where I think the end of this movie. It's like, now that we're talking about it, like maybe it doesn't make the great. I don't know. No, it's
2: awful. (laughs) It's so rushed. Yeah,
3: it's just like where all of a sudden it's like the end's got to happen, and I guess because of her heart to heart with her dad, she decides to take the poetry assignment from uh, Chill Mitchell's class um, to write a poem about Patrick that she reads out loud, which is pretty ballsy, to read it in yeah. front of him, in front of class. She winds up hysterically <laughs> crying. Um, and I guess it's an apology. I don't know. I just don't know why she's changed her mind. Home, like, homeboy Oli was dating you for money and now you're just it. doesn't make it. sense. It doesn't make so- sense that
2: she, with, with all we know of her character, it doesn't make sense she would just get over this that quickly or that easily. And how Although about, will- like, do you guys notice the change in her wardrobe for this
0: last? So I her. did not know
5: this. She My is software.
0: dressed and her hair braided like a sister wife.
2: <laughs> I Listen, as a sister wife's aficionado, um, only one of them was a braid. What I will say, uh, <laughs> I, um, I, I loved Julia Stiles acting in this scene. There's a, there's a brief moment where she like, stumbles over a word and has to repeat it again like you might as a high school student. But also just like a very cute thing for her before she starts crying, reading it. Like I'm like, all right, again, very sweet. You do know how to act. So I'm, I'm just I'm madder about what happened after this. But that was she she was very good in this scene. Fun
1: fun fact. Well, I don't know if it's fun, but she did actually start crying during this scene. Oh
2: is, I mean, she's
3: it legit emotional.
1: It's
2: in this moment alone.
1: Yeah. No, was this awful. was
3: very
0: good. That part I, of the ending was very satisfying
3: yeah it just it felt unearned um a little bit because now like the movie's basically over i will say i tried to, to count the things in the poem it is not ten no so i don't know one. where this uh title comes from but yeah it just seems that she was apologizing to patrick which i think is unfair but then <laughs> uh he apologizes Moments later, by leaving the apparently shitty guitar in her. No, no, heart? that's
2: it. That's a legitimate Fender he got her. So she oh, looked oh, at like the, a f- f- Squire yeah. Strat. He yeah. got her a Fender Strat, which is like $1,200. So he got oh, an like, okay. American guitar.
4: Fender Strat, which would be over, yeah. over, over a grand, no matter Wait, what. I
3: yeah. thought he just bought her the guitar she had her eye no, on. No,
2: he got, he her got a, a nicer, better one. It cool. looks the same. If you look at the headstock, the one that she wanted said Squire, the one that he got her says Fender, that that's listen, 99, you want a Japanese Fender if you can get one? The American yeah. Fenders are very nice from men. Like, he got her comfortably a $1,200 guitar. Like, so this yeah. is just another way
0: of saying, you know, women, they don't know what they want. <laughs>
2: <laughs> women be shopping.
0: I mean, <laughs> this movie's made it pretty clear.
1: <laughs> Wait. Do we want to know why this movie was called what it is? Oh, yeah. You know. I would
0: love to know.
1: As you know, this one of the screenwriter um, was inspired by her ex boyfriend, and she had a boyfriend named Anthony in high school that she was frequently unhappy with, and made a list of the things I hate about Anthony. Oh, and wow. then she got a phone call after it was produced. Um, just from somebody random and says, My nephew doesn't believe this title is about me, tell him. And then she says, wow. Yes, I hated Anthony in high school.
2: Huh. A real well, Dave Coulier, you want a no
0: situation. But yeah, much like Dana, I was counting the reasons at the end, expecting there to be 10. I feel like it would have been really easy to <laughs> cut. I think there were 12, like just two of them out. But the for,
3: for the like the Setup of like doing iambic iambic pentameter did she need to have it i don't know it was oh
0: well, i can't remember iambic pentameter is something like 14 syllables per line
3: okay it's not like uh, a certain number of like stanzas or couplets no, there's, or whatever there's,
0: there's, there are more rules than you would think would be appropriate
1: <laughs> A line a verse with five metrical feet, each consisting of one short, unstressed syllable followed by one long syllable. Huh.
2: What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, you
0: got well, it.
3: Wow.
1: Anywho, it's not 10 things. Today, so. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it's 10 syllables. So there is a little bit of a- uh, Okay. You will not so be. Is a-
5: that okay. is the question.
3: But ultimately like she gets the guitar i guess he kind of says you know some idiot paid me money to go out with this really great girl so i guess that's also oh. a nice thing i don't know they have a hell of a out at the end that i was just like yeah. are they really going for it because oh yeah they you know, did.
5: hot kiss
3: um and that's how the movie concludes um yeah, some problematic yeah. elements. We didn't get to all the jokes, but uh, I guess the last we covered thing, a lot. Did we really need Letters of Cleo to be on the roof of the school? That seemed great. That makes <laughs> sense. That gave me
4: anxiety, man. I was terrified. I was thinking like don't know why that happened. The number of shows that I've played never on a roof as exposed as that. <laughs> I understand they had something around them, but I kind of get into it when I sing. If, if I take a few steps too far forward, I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm off the front of the roof. That's it. Yeah, and if, you're on the,
2: that's, if you're on the ground and that band's playing up on the roof, all you're hearing is drums. Exactly. <laughs> like, you're yeah, like, you're hearing radio. a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Right.
0: And that's another one of those moments where you realize they spent so much on a helicopter shot that nowadays yeah. is
2: just, just a drone. 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 Yep. You get a drone shot now.
0: Um, but yeah,
2: letters now, to Cleo. Letters to Cleo. Um, one of the things that we like to do on this podcast is take a look at a, a minor character. Um, men have had a big role and see if this movie was like the start of big things for them or uh just kind of the peak of their whole career so let's get into an imdb deep dive dana who we diving on this week
3: so you guys kind of broke my heart when you said you didn't like him (laughs) i'm pick pick i am picking daryl chill mitchell mr morris or whatever his name is yeah. Mr. Morgan. Is that his, what is the, I
5: think yeah. it is Mr. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Morgan. Morgan.
3: Okay. Um, because I so I knew him. I was a big fan of uh, Veronica's Closet.
5: Okay. Oh, Alley. Alley.
3: <laughs> I do Okay. And this one's yeah. hard because it's like, do you pick one of the kids? Like a lot of the people we do know from this movie because they went on to other things, but I think he's yes. kind of not someone who's super obvious. But yeah, oh, I knew cool. him. I knew him from Veronica's Closet. Um, he's had a pretty good career, which is, there's also like a crazy part where he um, like severed his spinal cord in 2001 in a motorcycle accident. So he's been in a Jesus. wheelchair for the past two decades. Jesus. Still oh, going wow. strong. Still going strong in Hollywood. Um, he was obviously in this. He's been on Criminal Intent. Uh, he was on a TV show called Ed, The Game, Brothers, Desperate Housewives. Um, he had like he was on fear the walking dead recently which i find how a man in a wheelchair, wheelchair survived this long i gotta start watching the show um he's been on ncis new orleans for a while so like you know he Good for him. spun this up he had a, a pretty decent career prior to 10 things i hate about you but mm-hmm. i'm just really more impressed with the fact that he kept it going after severing a spine and being in a wheelchair i've definitely seen some of the movies he's in um and tv shows since but i really liked him i thought he was hilarious it really hurt me when you guys were like, he's like
0: well you have you have made me feel better because you validated that he is not in fact teaching uh students <laughs> in america
2: which yeah. is probably good
4: no he's, we'll he's acting he's,
2: wise he was fine his yeah. character was not great
3: Okay, I thought you guys were like, oh, and even when he was doing uh, the rapping, I was like, oh, God,
2: don't tell me. No, him. No, no, was Strictly unnecessary, serious. but he yes. delivered was fine.
4: He's been in tons of great mm-hmm. stuff. He was in he was in Sergeant Bilko. Yeah. If you guys like that God, movie. Callback. And House Party and House Party 2.
3: Yeah, it he's is, been around for a very long a time. Yeah. All right. He was on the old Cosby show. He was on Cosby, the newer one. <laughs> we don't talk about Cosby anymore, but you happened. Both
0: Cosby shows? Oh, my goodness. Ooh. That was
2: boy mysteries. mystery, don't think he was on that one.: um, oh, that's right. Now, that brings us to the end of our podcast, and just like the end of the school year, that means it's time to hand out some superlatives. Cameron is most likely to start an email band because a girl he's never spoken to is dating someone else.:
5: yeah. accurate.:
2: Mike is most likely to have an obscure Shakespeare line in his Tinder profile.
5: Yeah.
2: Joey is most likely to start a cult. Happen. Patrick. Well, that happened. Uh, Patrick is most likely to impress girls with origin stories for his scars. Oh. Bianca is most likely to break up with Cameron before next school year starts. Oh, yes. sorry, Cam. Sorry, it's hard choice. And Thank Kat you. is most likely to go viral for a very witty sign at the Women's March. Hmm. Yeah. she's very good with her words. She what would that? for sure be at that march. Yeah. Um. Dave, I believe the next movie choice is up to you. What are we watching next? Um, so I to go a little further forward from my
4: senior year. I remembered this movie. I hadn't seen it in a long time. In 2004, uh, The Girl Next Door with Emile Hirsch oh, and Alicia Cuthbert. Uh,
1: Alicia we Cuthbert. A drum-
4: and since we had a drummer on this week, I'm going to get another drummer. My friend, Brian Bedford, is going to come. Oh. in. Going to be fun. Dead Furnish Jordan uh, Slippy himself. He's, he's excited. I can't oh wait. Oh my
2: God. Yeah. Um, that's, that's super exciting because they're doing a, a happy endings reunion uh, on yes. Thursday this week, and Alicia Cuthbert as Alex was. Uh, she might have been my favorite character from that show. That's going to be. I have never seen that movie. I'm aware of it oh. and the premise. Uh, the fact that it is pornocentric is very <laughs> on brand for you, Dave. So. I am looking forward to this. Um, so guys, that is the end of the episode. Uh, if you like what you heard, pop them over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and leave us a nice review. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Recap and Gown Pod. that is R-E-C-A-P-N-G-O-W-N-Pod. Um, we're going to put pictures up of the Frosted Tips outfits and some of us in our prom get-ups, on our Twitter this week. So if you want to see some fantastic looks, I'm in all white with a top hat and one of those. It's going to look fantastic. Uh, Dana wears a cape. So we're, we're going
3: to. It's <laughs> a shawl that I was wearing it's a cape. backwards. That I was wearing over my shoulders. <laughs> when it's oh, prom, you call
2: it a cloak. Yeah, you've got, it's a, some, kind of a, some kind of a cloak situation there. Was, um, my
3: mom made me take it and I didn't know what to do with it. So listen, it, it, look, it, it looks really
2: fancy. It looks very fancy. Um, I will say, if you didn't like what you heard, then that means you are a little ass shit for brains, just like Miss Perky said. Take it easy, millennials. We will
5: see you next week.